0: Yo, how are you doing, folks?
1: Welcome to another episode of The Simple Life Podcast. It is episode 84. You may notice we're in a very new swanky space. It's a little bit dimly lit right now, but, yeah, you know, this is what I've been... Uh Been working on. I'm quite proud of this. You can't really tell because of actually how poor the lighting is, but this is all recycled uh, pallet wood. Uh, Big shout out to my mate Chris for storing all this this wood over various weeks and months, building it up uh, to allow a madman like me to make this uh, dream come to fruition. But yeah, it's it's a lovely little studio space. As you probably can't tell as well, it's a lovely shade of green. But yeah, I'll figure out the lighting over the coming weeks. You know what I'm like. uh, i get my shit together eventually. but yeah, to segue on, we have a wonderful guest uh, this week. It's kind of the, uh, I guess, completion of a Swapcast in some ways, because I recently appeared on his wonderful uh, podcast, The Grow Street Journal. So uh, yeah, without further ado, today's guest is a digital entrepreneur and creator who is the director of Urbanistic, an alternative supply company, and the host of The Grow Street Journal podcast, as I've just intimated.
0: Uh, he is Francis Hall. How are you doing, brother? doing very well. Uh, good to be here on your show this time. Setup's looking sick there, brother.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's the the light I'm not quite happy with, but in terms of the way it's, it's put together, I enjoy it. I mean, for long time, viewers, I have a cat bed finally, so the little bugger, when he wants to be in and around me, doesn't have to be jumping on the desk. He can sleep cozy in his little coffin box down there, bless him. And yeah, got a nice little... To TV on the wall, I'm going to do know, some sort of reaction videos and stuff, I don't know, I just wanted a purpose-built space to be a bit more, I don't know, professional and a bit more kind of on it and and uh, you know, committed to this kind of evolution and organic growth of the uh, the channel on the platform.
0: It's looking really good. I would just say it's, it's ambient lighting, you know. Us, us yeah. tokers don't always love those really super bright places, so it, it looks like a good vibe to me. Yeah, man. I, I wanted to go for again. You, can, you can't quite tell with the
1: dark wood and the green. It's gone for like i I'm almost. I'm taking it back. It's like the atonian kind of old school big corporate desks. Do you know what I mean? Like the captain style, or it's like a, uh, a shit like a like stuck under the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like the optics of it's almost like a like the smokers room at some fancy university with again the swank of the green and the brown and yeah. I just wanted it to feel um i don't know more me i guess and the colors that i've drawn from the new place that i'm at in general is from the logo so i've tried to go with like the the greens and the the yellow from it and take like uh, a lot of the black and the white contrast and uh yeah just just make it to feel like i'm living in the simple life logo
0: (laughs) headmaster's office um is that a hempcrete Mm -hmm. brick that i see on the side of your it does, yeah, yeah. Well.
1: got a lovely concrete brick. Got uh, yeah, printed uh, cannabis plastics. Got some cannabis paper infused with cannabis graphene ink. Uh, that's yeah, a thermal block, and obviously a bit of uh, your innards. I've actually got that's awesome. I've got some huge bits, uh, like this ginormous blocks, which I'm thinking of putting a couple here. Uh, so next next week, guys, you might see some ginormous bits of concrete here. Um, I haven't decided yet. I've just got brand new carpets down, and then I'm thinking about the mess that's going to make.
0: Until I'm, I'm proper mature these days, I'm worried about my carpets. Uh, that's <laughs> a sign of the times, isn't it, brother? How things change. Mm. All for the yeah. better, though. I feel you know it's it's uh, it's it's an evolution. It's, it's a natural evolution of things. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's looking very nice there. It's a nice it's a nice little den that you've uh, you've created, and um, it pisses me off like hempcrete. Why? Why isn't it grow everywhere? Why isn't it in every house, particularly in Canada? Every year, a bunch of uh, trees, forest fires, houses get burned to the ground. People lose their entire lives and memories. Uh, people have to evacuate. Um, every, every, like So many houses are built out of wood still. Like, come on, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. Especially in regions of the world where, yet yeah, they can't kind of um, produce bricks in the same way. They can't uh, mine and mill stone in the same way. So yeah, they're still with traditional with timber. And again, you look at then uh, the the tensile strength of it in putting it in places like Hurricane Alley and stuff like that, where it would then help with other forms of natural disasters to yeah ensure that homes survive. I mean, it's thermodynamic properties. Is amazing. Anyone that's seen the short little videos of people with those, uh, like thermal, I don't know what it's like, a fan with a with a flame on it, just projecting projecting onto uh, these cannabis composite uh, building materials, and it just does nothing to it. It chars it a little on the external. Yeah. Like they, they are so unbelievable. I mean, the flame resistant, uh, so flame resistant, pest resistant, mould resistant. You know, the the moisture resistant. They breathe and continue to sequester carbon for years after. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a, uh, an unbelievable building block. I mean, it's one of the questions I asked when I was at a, a farm in California in 2018. And I pointed to this guy's ginormous mulch pile of all of his sticks and stalks. And he basically explained that under license, he can only extract the flowers. He can't extract the industrial properties of it. So be, suddenly it suddenly becomes a byproduct that is useful and worth money. sorry it can't be a byproduct it can only be a primary product so they're not allowing these byproducts to become streams of revenue so we just ended up wasting all of this what is considered waste material which just isn't it is still primary functional material as you say can build houses that can withstand natural wildfires that can then be more thermodynamic to actually improve uh, energy efficiency it's
0: yeah amen to that exactly um it makes a lot of sense doesn't really have many drawbacks um except that it's it's not load-bearing but you know that's just something that you can work with uh yeah that this wasting's the same in canada here as well bro unfortunately like so much waste from uh all the the other parts of the plant,
1: it's the same everywhere i think the only places that might get have an opportunity to get this right Mm -hmm. maybe thailand maybe sort of if Indonesia figures out it's shit you know just generally in that kind of region because of the the general ethos and their understanding of what uh, quotes temp is to them in terms of the way that it expresses as a plant in terms of its taxonomy that it's, it's less of the fiber it is more of what you would consider in the west to be as a you us in the west to consider to be more indica type it just it muddies the waters a lot so they've got a lot more diversity with what they could do with it whereas if we then stick to just saying oh it needs to be hempcrete as it were rather than saying no, well cannabis it's restrictive to saying that then only the primary material could be grown in low THC cannabis, air temp hemp, to make that product, whereas it could be truly the byproduct of, I mean, even, the, imagine the council estates around here in Durham. Think of this, for guys, for a second if you're living in the UK. So about every council estate, probably got one or two growers on every street. The sticks and stalks that they would produce over 10 years is probably enough to build one or two houses on that street. But that just goes into mulch now. It goes into bins, it goes into gardens, it gets fly-tipped, so it costs councils tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds a year when it could be collected together on amnesty to then build the homes of the future. It doesn't need to be specific, good quality cannabis. Is it cannabis? Yes, and it will break down to the material to mix with lime and water and make
0: cancrete. I guess it's the processing as well, right? Like, <clears throat> How expensive is, is the processing to set up? Many of these stalks are uh, they're tough. And decoupling, decoupling, de- de- sure. yeah,
1: But that—that's a lack of central investment. You know, I mean, I if mean you-
0: yeah, the, their, their approach is just—it speaks to everything that's wrong with our governments, and you know, ignoring the, the the corruption and willful ignorance for a second, but just you know, the ability to want to dissect things and just focus on one thing at the expense of everything else, rather than the the holistic approach, um, is you know one of the biggest one of the biggest failings of our society oftentimes, I think.
1: I think it's also one of the biggest successes of neoliberalism. And that's why it continues to persist. It is that wonderful ability that they've created. And I say that in irony for the left hand to not know what the right is doing. That They have built these systems of specialities and of specification that there are people that have done degrees for three to 30 years of education, specific training, but don't have a clue how their field applies to anything outside of it. They're, they're dumb smart, if you know what I mean. And neoliberalism has created generations of dumb smart people that are really good at what they one thing they know how to do, but they don't know how it fits in with anything else. And that mentality has gone into cannabis. And instead of us going, we, we could power all of the fuel we ever need off this thing. We could also then use it as a building resource. We could replace plastics, we could food, we could medicine, we could this, we could this, we could... We can't do that because neoliberalism doesn't allow that because that's not good for the markets. That's not good for the shareholders and the stakeholders, you know?
0: Yes, uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 some bullshit. I think it's going to change. It's, 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 it's so some boiling up now, and, yeah.
1: Especially over there. I suppose again, yeah, we should actually get let's get rolling with some uh, with some questions so we can get into this because I do want to talk quite a lot about the comparative differences between uh, Canada and uh, the UK um, in terms of drug cultures, especially specifically around cannabis and kind of how we've different countries have handled the lockdowns and kind of you know the the c word in general. I think we're allowed to say it these days. I, I don't know. Fuck it, fuck the system, COVID. There you go, I said it. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go on to the, the first question I wanted to ask, which probably probably grounds us as a good base for this. Um, sort of when and how, I suppose, did you first get involved with sort of cannabis and cannabis culture?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, two, two separate ones there. Because I, I got involved with cannabis when I was around 14 years old. Fell into uh, that kind of crowd, a bit more chilled crowd going around to my friend's house where his parents were very lenient about it so i was able to smoke up in their room and we used to make music uh, we used to play a lot of video games generally be creative you know all of those nostalgic crazy stomach aching giggles and and laughter uh but it wasn't until i kind of would get into the culture until until much later in my 20s actually i was working at ibm going through the system you know i I'd still always be, i sold sold cannabis um, here and there a little bit and uh, always like dabbled in that side of it, but never appreciated it as, as anything like medicinal, therapeutic or all of the applications of which we've, we've just been touching on. And that didn't come until much later when I'd gone to university, got a job in the city and um, earned a little bit of like money for the first time uh, doing that. And then as soon as I kind of wasn't in debt and had a little bit of, like money in in my savings account, suddenly I just realized that there was like no more happiness to be gained from just like continuing to do that and just really got into cannabis from there. I started microdosing, like grew one of these um, mushroom bro kits for the first time and dried those and bought them into, into capsules, which was just like an incredibly exciting new journey. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was probably around 2000 and, 16 uh 15 or 16 so uh yeah and then from there man just like quit my job at ibm and uh started up urbanistic i'd already started it while i was at ibm and i was doing as a side hustle started selling loose leaf tea actually did a few like tea fairs uh markets in and around london that was good fun but i realized like i wasn't that passionate about tea and kind of looked for something to pivot to and yeah basically saw that there were some really cool cannabis vaporizers the dry herb vaporizers that were coming out in the states and you couldn't really get them in the UK i thought well i'll just contact a few of these companies and see if i could start selling them on my store and so that's that's what i did and yeah, I've been uh, keeping that company growing since when I moved to Canada a few years ago, I started it here as well. Um, it's definitely starting to branch a little bit from being just like a generic whole retailer of dry hub vaporizers to more of like a, a harm reduction kind of company uh dry hub vaporizers are um a great way of uh getting that similar kind of experience and uh duration and level of onset that you get from smoking a joint uh but without the, the negatives and downsides that you get from combusting any plant material especially on a regular basis um i say that with a, a joint in my hand i, I still uh, i still enjoy the full spectrum that, that cannabis has to offer uh so we've gone you know Deep into that, um, and also more recently, uh, we have um, got into microscopes, uh, particularly just like consumer-level microscopes. Uh, so you know, the ones we sell are about 145 pounds. It's like a desktop microscope. I should have bought it. It's in the other room with an LCD screen on. Um, and we tried a whole bunch of microscopes, and this was like the best one that we found um, for the least amount of money, and it's just amazing for uh, looking at your cannabis uh at, at a much greater detail and I'm like holy shit man the, the things that you find under a microscope with your cannabis it's it's fucking crazy and it's awesome and I feel like a school kid. I feel like I'm getting back the years of um you know lost at school just out around the back smoking, um, you know, having jokes with friends and, and just not engaging in the education piece at all. I feel like I'm getting those years of my my life back now by just kind of scoping all the weed learning to evaluate um, the, the cannabis based on the trichomes. How robust are they? Like what color are they? Are there any undesirables that are in the in the weed? Um, and so, yeah, it's been, that's been a real great learning journey that I'm excited about. Um, my business partner, Tom Different, uh, founder of the Different Collective. It's a collective of uh, cannabis freelancers, content creators, all sorts of people that are just like passionate, um, have side hustles who are you know, going on their own journeys. And it's just like an incredible mycelial like network um, mm-hmm. that's spreading out and like injecting a lot of good vibes. So him and I are creating um, Microsoft workshops and online courses. Um, we're gonna be doing these workshops like in some uh, cannabis stores here on Vancouver Island um, in the coming, in the next few months. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real cool journey with the microscopes and we found some pretty interesting stuff in, uh, legally purchased cannabis here in Canada. So it just goes to show like, you know, you should always check out your weed and, yeah. uh, make sure you know what you're, you're putting in your body.
1: Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. Uh, so what sort of contaminants and nasties have you found in, uh, in the legal supply when, when looking?
0: Oh, so we found uh, mold, like jar rot, powdery mildew, um, we found insects, uh, rove beetles, uh, we found, um, you find like the odd hair and things like that, which, you know, I don't mind about too much, but still. And uh, what, what else did I recently find? I found an anther um, last week, which was kind of interesting, um, so, you know, maybe... Indicative that the plant has been under quite a bit of stress, or you know, there's something going on with the genetics. Um mm. still still smoke that weed. That's fine. It was still like it, it's pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing. Um so yeah, it's, you know, a good a good range of stuff. But mold is actually quite common, commonly found um in, in the legal stores. And uh so sometimes a company will do. <sighs> what's supposed to happen is it gets reported to like the government who are you know in control of everything and uh, then they'll kind of like talk to the LP and um, if it's just like a one-off case I think they just kind of like leave it to the LPs to decide what to do but if it keeps on happening then they'll you know step in the LPs encouraged to do like a voluntary recall but I understand that um, a lot of companies their reps will just like stop by and Pick up the weed from the retail store that's reported it, and uh, that'll be that. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting one because this mold, you know, it does happen. And we don't just want to be like, okay, we'll just irradiate all of the cannabis, then uh, problem solved. You know, we don't want them to go down a route like that. Um, and <laughs> It's unfortunate when you have craft growers and they're just getting established um, in the industry. You know, maybe new soil beds, new facility, um, new genetics. There's a lot of like new shit there, and uh, sometimes you need time to iron that out. Uh, but a lot of these companies are operating on, you know, um, tough budgets, they're not making the same money that they would have been making in the black market. There's all sorts of levies and taxes now that really like um, cuts into the viability for um, the retail stores and the licensed producers. And so, you know, it's tough. They get one bad batch that they have to then recall, um, refund all that money that they got for selling the batch, and then they have to destroy it. There's nothing they can do with it. Um mm-hmm. We wouldn't wanna we wouldn't want that to happen essentially for those um companies because mistakes can be made. However, it's the companies where it's you know a repeated problem and it just keeps getting um, brushed under the carpet and there's no like nothing proactive there and them trying to uh, improve the grow and stop these un- undesirables coming through. Often like the big corporations and you know unfortunately a lot of that cannabis is now coming through to you guys in you know Germany and the UK and Australia uh, through medical channels, um, which is just fucking bullshit. Uh, Aurora are now selling more internationally than they are within canada because no one in canada in their right mind would buy aurora weed uh, most of the time it doesn't have a great reputation for for quality um so yeah all of that stuff's going out to those kind of channels which is uh, which is unfortunate so it's more it's... like those entities that just are making money and churning it out they're the ones that should be held accountable i think fuck yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And not just in terms of it then making its way through to the lawful market through prescription here in uh, the UK, Germany, and and several of the European countries, Um, but also it's uh, adult consumption or so-called recreational products that are then failing mass supply and then getting exported to places like the UK. It's the same with the Cali stuff. It's the same with any mass market product. When it fails in that territory still looks like weed but let's go sell it somewhere where they're not going to test it they're not going to give a shit about it they're just going to care what it looks like what it smells like oh we can say it's imported tell them it's this boom job done you you take a product that would have been a tax write-off and gone in the bin to suddenly be a tax write-off that has air quote gone in the bin that has also made you a nice net profit on the other side of it and so Mm. it's it's ridiculous the the logistics of this i mean we talked about before we started this conversation by saying the frustration of not using the whole plant when using any part of the plant. The biggest frustration I have right now is that there are 15 plus thousand people prescribed cannabis in, in the UK and all of that weed is coming from Israel, Australia, Canada, America. The carbon footprint on this, the the number of people that have to touch this, the, the plastics that are produced in the packaging, you know, all the labels and all of this other... Uh, infrastructure that just doesn't need to exist when you could just go, well, ha- cultivate your relationship with cannabis, you know, have the, uh, the the local systems providing and producing. So then you've not got mold because it's not sat in transit for six months. It's border stuck somewhere. It's not in a warehouse somewhere waiting for some speculative guy to come along and tick it off with a clipboard. So it goes on a, a truck somewhere and makes it back to another wholesaler who sells it to another wholesaler who sells it to a third wholesaler. We see this yeah, well, constantly of then the box saying, oh, we call it this, boom, and it's suddenly it's a different product to what it started as. It's suddenly, It's gone in one warehouse and come out with a different package. There's allegations, again, we'll say allegedly, of this occurring in the UK. of things coming in and being G- GMP manufa- good manufacturing practices occurred onto it, so a bulk product comes in the UK, it's packaged up in such a way that then when it's sent out, it's, it's a GMP product, but it's labeled completely different to the bulk that came in again allegedly well Being very smart there to not name many p- companies uh, either as well but again people anybody that's kind oh, of within the know will have heard these allegations <laughs> hey i'm 84
0: <laughs> episodes into this so i'm doing pretty well <laughs> uh, uh, yeah fair enough man, fair enough um no unfortunately the, the smoke and mirrors is uh it's a result of the, the institutional club yeah and uh Aurora, for example, are backed by, I don't know, is it it's either Vanguard or, or BlackRock, you know, one of the one of those two big boys. And so when you're operating at those levels, um, somewhere up the chain in this group of stakeholders associated with that company are some of the world's most influential people. And they can they can make things happen, and they're making things happen uh, to maximise their return on their investments. And so that's why you, these companies, where they're making shit weed, but it doesn't matter because you can just fly it in to somewhere where, uh, like the UK, where it's illegal. Um, but they were still they're growing a shit ton of it. Are they still? I know a few years ago in the United Nations report, they were the biggest. Exported medical cannabis in the world. Do you, do you like, what's happening with that stuff? Yeah. Is all that stuff still? I, I haven't, running?
1: I haven't checked on the statistics, but bear in mind we've issued more. The Home Office have issued two more licences, and then in terms of cultivation of uh, CBD, uh, CBD-rich or low THC. Hate, I'm just, I'm avoiding the word hemp. I'm trying really hard to not have a whole thing about hemp because anyone that's watched this knows that I don't believe hemp exists. Frankly, it's a misnomer. Same with medical cannabis is a misnomer, it's a medicinal use of. But I'm trying not to I make mean that the point uh, of the usage.
0: Go on. Go yeah, ahead, go. I, I don't know. Like it's um it's useful as a word where you can say hemp, and I, I kind of already know what you're getting at, you know, um, which is like more the industrial application of, of the cannabis. Which, plant. Yeah, um,
1: which I wouldn't have a problem with if it was a standardized term where we all use it across the world. So I'm pushing a lot of the, it's hemp activists here in the UK, and quite a few of them are, to be fair, you know, with respect, saying hemp cannabis. And I can live with that. I can entirely nice. live with calling it hemp cannabis because you, you're being correct. You're not saying that hemp that's is part- separate from cannabis. You were saying yeah. hemp cannabis. I can live yeah,
0: with that let's not lose the identity of like what hemp is because hemp should be celebrated, you know, for like clothing and the, yeah, the hemp you call it and, the uh,
1: the, and the industrial, all... yeah, the industrial use of, but I mean, the other side of that is obviously studies that are coming out of, America, which is part of the body of research, which is pushing for this universal 1% for the Edwards hemp industry around the world, because the efficacy, the health and the productivity of the of the plant when it becomes cannabis compared to hemp is like 25 to 50 fold the 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 benefit of it, its yield, like I said, for the health of it, for the uh, the plethora of uh, cannabinoids to actually be produced in the terpenoids, uh, for it all to actually develop at such a a rate, it is about that one percent THC. So it is almost I could argue it's a separate species. It's not according to the breakdown of the genus -genus, subgenus in the National Botanical International Botanical Dictionary but in terms of then the way it presents, you're limiting in it. You've, you've tied both hands behind its back. But as soon as you have yeah. that THC limit, and, but then it becomes an arbitrary thing if then all of a sudden it's not. That's just low THC cannabis. So I think yeah. eventually this will deal with itself. There'll only be cannabis in the future or there'll be no future. That That's my, well, my paraphrasing of me, Jack Ever right to
0: there. Me, uh, <laughs> the name in it of itself isn't. An- Problem. it's the levels of bureaucracy and and, you know i do agree with you that they they use this they do use it to like subjugate and keep things separate but all of this arbitrary bullshit um on top of it so it's like i i want to get rid of that and then it's like yeah fucking hemp cool like yeah industrial cannabis like you know specific species or varieties of cannabis sativa growing nice and tall well, and you're not we, getting big yeah, flowers for and if, you're not going to be high in thc um yeah we, that's we, going nuts
1: well if you think about it i mean the main reason that people use hemp is because they're scared to use the word cannabis in, in most contexts whereas if then the war well, like was, cbd was, i get that a yeah, lot it was true if the war was truly over and there was no shame no stigma it would all be cannabis because again, it's this is my issue with a lot of these things. And it's like I've had a few victories with the, the medical cannabis concept. I'm actually writing a, my latest for Weed World, is gonna be a little bit controversial. I'm claiming that medical cannabis doesn't exist, but again, just me kind Can of you got. Controversial? got yeah, <laughs> yeah, never, never. I'm going after again language here because it's medicinal use of cannabis is correct nomenclature and terminology because it then states that cannabis, the universal plant, in, in this application, is being used for medicine. That is English. That's yeah. language that is universal. That is That makes sense. Whereas when we say medical cannabis, it creates a compound term that actually is a two words together defined with a capital term at the start makes it... Uh, oh, God, my English grammar is gone from me. Um, but, yeah, that makes it a... Is a pronoun? I think it's a pronoun. Um, and then from that, it, it's a descriptor of a new term. And in the UK, medical cannabis is defined as a CBMP, a cannabis-based product for medicinal use in humans, which is on its own language says in the first sentence, is slash or a cannabis-based product made for human consumption. So a CBMP, mm-hmm. medical cannabis, is cannabis. It says that in its own constructive language, but the reason they don't want you to say that you're using cannabis as medicine rather than saying you're using medical cannabis, is because they're trying to create two separate realities. So you'll fight for one that builds itself on the the graves and the bodies of the other. Yeah. Whereas if you allow just one, it it brings the other automatically. A world in which cannabis is truly descheduled, there is the best medical access, because guess what? Everything that is cannabis is there and it's accessible. This is something I wanted to ask you is how is... How is the, the prescription, it's not a supposed prescription, it is, we'll call it, um, well, medicinal, medicinal use of cannabis going in uh, Canada. Now there is this quite well-established recreational market, a so-called recreational adult use market.
0: That's, that's actually a good question because um, cannabis, medical cannabis hasn't integrated into uh, healthcare in Canada. Uh, I don't think doctors are still particularly educated on cannabis. Um, Not not any that I've come across. So there's started up these medical providers and um, you can register online. You have to do a quick consultation. Uh, You can download an app or go online and like schedule something the same day to speak to someone that, again, probably doesn't necessarily have um a comprehensive level of cannabis knowledge they may do though yeah enough to just give you a prescription basically and uh, then you can take your prescription i think it has about three month or so duration maybe a little bit longer and then you have to renew it and then with that prescription you can go online and you can order cannabis and get it sent to you in the mail um so individual licensed producers can sell their cannabis direct to consumer through medical channels uh, so these guys coast mountain cannabis we went to that pemberton facility to film some content uh, a couple of weeks back they have like a medical side and they have uh, a string called uh dancehall it's organic they grow in living soil they're incredible people incredible growers that dancehall is a one-to-one cultivar so it's a low thc um it's around eight uh, percent thc CBD Mm -hmm. and you open the top and it's the most incredible cannabis you've ever smelled. Uh, so that's what I get excited about is that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. they um, have that through their their medical channels. Um, but other than that, you know, like it's, it's just interesting that it hasn't, it hasn't integrated into healthcare at all. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just like created this, this separate, this separate entity essentially. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of people, you know, I worked, um, in a few cannabis stores um, in the last couple of years. I worked for the government for about a year um, as, a, as a cannabis consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but hey, if you, if you came out to Canada as they've just legalized cannabis and you have the chance to like, open uh like one of the first stores it's a government-run store because they Uh, i'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm joshing
1: with you i'm joshing I
0: i know i know i know but like you know at the time i was i was just like i was so excited like it was it was really really um amazing to be able to come over from somewhere it was illegal and actually get paid a salary and a pension by the government (laughs) just to like hang out in a really nice building and uh you know talk weed with customers and they'd have a lot of people coming in um, on the medical side so many people coming in um that wanted to talk medical and you know we're, we're always told you know we can't talk about medical we're a recreational store all of that kind of stuff you develop ways of talking with people and like disseminating knowledge in in an indirect kind of or, or vague non-committal way that like is 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 okay and is safe but helps to to get that message across um so <laughs> medical is kind of like all over the place in Canada I'd say you know mm.
1: yeah I mean that's that's one of the things that I keep hearing from uh different activists in Europe that they, they worry that a movement towards an adult consumption market in UK or Europe would harm the uh, medicinal market, the prescription market, like it has been in Canada. And my argument or my what I don't understand is exactly that, that once then, okay, if you think, all right, let's create medicinal use of channels first, then create adult consumption after, why then exactly that? Everything that's cannabis then isn't medicine (laughs) – is taken up by cannabis because it's cannabis. That's the whole point of having that cannabis industry, that everything can be done as part of it because the war is over. And therefore, any of the specific medications, like the Epidiolex, whatever, then, yeah, their medicines, they should be integrated. And that basic education of doctors to understanding endocannabinoid system should be there. But it just isn't in any of the markets that are developed, except for, I don't want to get conspiratorial here, but Israel. They seem to be Mm -hmm. the only market that are creating actual left hand knows what right hand is doing in academia they're building all of this so they are studying every part of it they are creating heavy patterns there have been a lot of research and a lot of experimentation projects running with other countries and they are correlating a, a great amount of information about this you know they're the, the only uh country i know that are working on map, trying to map in fact i think this project has even come to fruition to map Basically, your genome versus then uh, to cannabinoid profile so then go actually this this these terpenes, these monoterpenes, these, these sequester terpenes, plus these flavonoids, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this, and basically work out the perfect profile for you, and then match that to cultivars and thing, and then work. To, do you know what I mean? To be able to get that kind yeah, of spe- specific, that that's the next that side little- of it. That, that's, the, that's the future of it for me. It should be, it should almost be engineered, but the rest of it in terms of me going to a shop and going, uh, let's try Master Kush today. Let's try, you know, whatever. And that, that relationship, that visceral feedback should be the same way with food, that uh, the relationships we're allowed to cultivate with food and, and other sort of activities that yes, can be dangerous and, and destructive to ourselves if we allow it to be. But if you provide us with education and I'm an adult, Who's fucking? Why are you involved in this? If I paid yeah. for it lawfully, if I stole the thing, no, then I can abuse it as much as I fucking want. And and those Absolutely. are they're the conversations that they, they're scared of. I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about actually was
0: uh, you're off- right, I'm just plugging my light in. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it was on the battery, so i just plugged it into the the light there, and we should be uh, back back in business, my friend. Sorry for the interruption there. No worries, no worries. I love how
1: professional we both are with this. We get, we get there, you know. These youngins of this right, technology, exactly. we'll figure it out. Man.
0: It's, uh, yeah, you're just always, always learning and, and picking up new skills um, with this. But sure. Sure. yeah, you know, I think you touched on that really interesting point about the uh, the DNA sequencing. Mm. and I think that that has got a lot like I, I'm interested in that because like, I do think that it could um, be very useful to like you say give someone an idea of like what might be optimal for them um, you know what terpenes they should look for and which terpenes they should avoid a lot of people have like allergies and whatnot to terpenes exactly
1: and that's this thing of them people having temporary psychosis like events and, and issues after consuming certain cultivars the, again, the other side of that. And I, i again, in the ideal world, this is wonderful technology. The applications of this can only be beneficial to mankind. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but, oh. then I, but then I look at the world and, and I, I think about <laughs> I'm 34 now. I've played this game. We've gone around this this big gas ball a few times. I'm starting to understand your patterns. Daniil, let yeah. run this shit. And exactly what we said before, they're going to break it down and, so yeah, and so that is worrisome to me that I don't mind them doing, and I'm actually happy to support them doing all of that research in different corners of the, the world if we have the same ability to access that. If I then also can grow plants in my house and then do my own experiments, build my own data, you know, work on my own. Yeah, theories, it should
0: all be my own open every, source.
1: Yeah, every single, if one of us is allowed to fuck around with it, we should all be allowed to fuck around with it. That was like, mom told us that. When we were all fucking young, you had to share your fucking toys. That was like the one thing that got into like- us. Why, why did we put that down? We're still teaching the kids, and then we go, well, this is this thing. We do, it's this amazing thing, and it, we don't quite know all of the wonderful things it does or all the potential negative things it does. And we can't really trust anybody that's done a lot of the other stuff of the research into it previous to this, because they were either prohibitionists or vulture, uh, sorry, venture investors. That was a Freudian. There's too much too much
0: money at at (laughs) stake. Too much money at stake, and we've seen. Mm. You know, the BMJ have reported on um, the evidence based medicine. Um, It's not. It's slightly open to bias um and influencing conflicts of interest so yeah, yeah it's been a small group of people that get to do all of the hold all of the cards and the information and decide who gets what um and it's like okay well oh yeah that looks good like let's when we sell that we're selling that oh we can't let this uh bad information come out and whatnot so um yeah we should like this is why I love the microscopes and the stuff we're doing like this and yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's this mini lie. PCR kit that you can get to test um, mushrooms and do like uh, DNA sequencing of mushrooms as well and like I, this is this is really exciting to me. It's like people now can be citizen scientists and yeah, generate to a greater pool of data and globally just start to gain intelligence from that, that, like doing what, these little experiments.
1: Yeah, and that's what we need to because they're gonna. My biggest fear my biggest fear in all of this is there will come a generation that doesn't know that cannabis was a plant that mm. was rolling it was sitting it together the ritual of being a teenager and sneaking the fucking papers and you make getting that little bit of horrible pressed you know council estate tack or whatever it is you kids have got these days because you're spoiled rotten with your live rosins and all the rest of it but the ritual of still of sneak getting these all together and having that first experience—I don't care about what age. Let, we can argue about that later. Fuck off for a minute, park that. But the connection, the experience, the culture—that again, if you choose to go go that way, then fuck. Very, very, very few people I've ever spoken to can say that they the entirety of their experience is bad. They may have bad aspects of it or negative experiences and memories and associations to it. But they always remember the camaraderie of cannabis, the culture, the, the 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 carnival spirit of it. Every day with weed is a celebration. You know, there's that, that cliched meme of you know when I first started smoking weed, I said I'd only do it on special days. Little did I know, every day is special.
0: Yeah, that, it's know. a lifestyle, man. It's a it, yeah. it's a great culture.
1: Yeah,
0: and there's a lot of different people that are part of this culture, but you know. This whole like medical cannabis thing, just to touch on this again, because I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe we should not use cannabis recreational and medical. Maybe there's just like mindful cannabis use. I, I've been using the term for a while now, conscious consumption. So, yeah. Cause so. for me that makes all of the difference of whether something is like medical or non-medical
1: yeah because again if they are probably oh, chill oh so relaxed yeah what you've done is reduce your cortisol levels you've dropped stress stress being the predominant underlying factor of all inflammatory based conditions and ailments do, do you know what i mean we're really starting to understand that actually if you observe animals in nature for example where they're like twitch and move and the move energies and they're understanding how stress and expectation and that you should watch an animal that's then pent up waiting for food or is aggressive and the more likely to then like I said these these shakes, these twitches, these stretches, these maneuvers to deal with this this tension and built up energy. So then as humans we do the same. you go through your day of whatever and you as your can, average cannabis consumer you come in and the first few talks, it's bro. It's just an energy change. And again, it's 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 a tool, it's such a powerful tool. Yeah, you can if you want, go waste your fucking life with weed. But that same person was probably predestined in a lot of ways, if you want to get into this deterministic uh, debate, to probably have a predisposition to be likely to do that with other substances. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Cannabis is just the tool, and anyone can abuse the tool. And you know, these days I've actually like I, I smoke quite a lot less um than i than i used to i rate quite a bit um i still enjoy a cheeky hash joint um especially when i get to go on a nice podcast and talk to yeah. a, a good man so um but you know it, it's like that mindfulness and just um i'm way more selective about what i smoke um i just yeah. want to smoke something like a little bit of something that is uh um going to taste good, make me feel nice, depending on what time of day, whether it's like a lilac diesel, it's like heavy on that alone, and it's going to make me um, feel really like uplifted and energetic during the day, or whether it's just something to like mellow out in the evening, That's just going to help mm-hmm. like melt, relax my body and, and get me ready for bed. Whereas you know, before I came to Canada, even when I was in the UK, I was still just like, I buy an ounce of my dealer. It'd usually be like a like a, lemon, mm-hmm. a lemon haze. Uh, and it would be nice but it's just like that's that's your weed and you're smoking it like all time a day like you know until yeah. until it's gone whereas now it's just like i have fuck i don't even want to think about how many different strains and whatnot i have like just smaller amounts of them you know like i just buy an eighth at a time of, of, of various stuff and and cycle it all because then you know you're keeping all of those cannabinoids and and beans fresh and, on your body um and it, yeah. it helps tolerance as well like you build a tolerance up to that like same product if you keep using it um so it's it's the rotation is, is nice i think
1: yeah, exactly that is. Uh, I can feel a lot of my uh, listeners salivating at the the thought of, like, oh, man, yeah, to have all of those different cultivars and cupboards of just, oh, it's I really feel like I want to be motivated, but slightly mellow, but, you know, within you know, this exact... Do you know what I mean? To have that awareness and relationship and connection, a lot of people would be greatly envious because unless you've been lucky enough to cultivate your own... You, you, it's really difficult to notice the subtleties and the nuance of certain cultivars' effects until you have several of them at once to be able to go, compare them directly and understand that, oh, when I smell this, I feel this. I mean, it, the other side of the thing I wanted to ask you about is if, how Canada's evolving in terms of marketing towards consumers. We're slowly seeing the end of Indica-Sativa hybrid conversation and the, the bullshit towards that. But what we're not yet seeing anywhere is this conversation of going well your endocannabinoid system is different from their endocannabinoid system is different from theirs so we all give you the exact same clone the exact same flower the exact same dose we can't tell you how it's going to affect you <laughs>
0: yeah
1: we can yeah. give you a rough, e- a rough a rough estimate we can give you on average but we need to have this adult conversation. If we were doing this with any other drug or any other substance on earth, people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? How are you giving somebody something, telling them it'll do something and you have no way
0: to assure that it will? It, it's it's ridiculous. It's an interesting one. Yeah, and I want to thank you for bringing that up, actually, because you're absolutely right. Like, I it, it is fucking amazing to have all of these options and to be able to walk into a store and, you know, there could be fuck i don't know like 40 50 different flower options you can choose from extracts there's cannabis infused beverages now so all sorts of like kombuchas like healthy drinks sparkling drinks infused although the limit on that's still like 10 milligrams of thc per per can so uh you know there's nothing highly potent there edibles again still locked in at 10 milligrams per edible so uh, i think probably a lot of people still go to the black market uh, or buy from the indigenous stores which are you know sovereign they don't um have to play by the the regulations set up by the government um the first nation big up big up exactly yeah um you guys do your thing fuck yeah um so yeah it's um it's it's an interesting one but yeah like it's easy to just come and take that for granted and just start you know thinking about everything that's wrong in the industry like all of these silly arbitrary limits and, and rules that are in place um but at the end of the day and Look, this is it's like the cost of admission in this current society, like short of anything like from a full blown revolution, it's it's take it or leave it. This is what you're going to get with legalization. Like in the UK, it'll be dominated by like the big entities, um, mom and pop shops and things like that probably be like locked out, like small businesses going to be very, very difficult, very, very expensive to do it. that's the way it's going to happen. And the, the big players are going to make a lot of money from it. Um, and yeah, that's bullshit. But it seems like it's it's kind of going to be the reality. However, it's like Pandora's box. Like once you've legalized cannabis, even if it's a really shitty system, you can work to make it better. And, and the thing that gets out there that there's no going back is like the education the awareness and the changing of perception from people that equates um, morally wrong and right with legal or illegal um unfortunately there's many people out there that that seem to think those things are intrinsically linked and so therefore when you legalize cannabis even if it is this shitty you know oligopoly system um it gets that out there where people who never would touch cannabis and would judge cannabis users will start using some cbd and then maybe they'll start using a little like edible in the evening to help them sleep and then they're not using their sleeping pills anymore and like you know that that shit's Spreads out, and I think it's very hard to ever go back from that again. At least for the next yeah, like yeah. few generations, there, there could be future generations that forget, and they pull another thing they did a hundred years ago. Like it's always possible, but for the next few generations, it secures that like cannabis is here; it's here to stay, and um, that's you know, it's it's only a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, yeah, I can kind of feel you there. I feel you there. I mean, what worries me is, unlike America or Canada, the the rigged nature of the UK political system, the, the British parliamentary system terrifies me because the same, frankly, cunts that build this legalized model in the UK will end up with hereditary payship. And they will be in the House of Lords so that when they've passed this law and they've gone through the, what is it, fucking five, six checkpoints where they go through the three readings, then they go through the complete of the House of Commons, then they go to the House of Lords twice. And once they've completed all of that shit and they've put this and the Queen has stamped, rubber stamped it, and whoever happens to be prime minister at the time puts their, their John Hancock on it, they'll all inherit those peerships in the House of Lords. So then us trying to reform it in future generations, the first time it hits the House of Lords, boom, tear it apart, never getting through. Mm. that might that is my my worry that because of the co- the level of cronyism of corruption within politics here in the uh in the uk that if we don't get it right with the first swing we might not get another swing without an actual rev- fucking revolution do you know what i mean and again, yeah, yeah i'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm not and I, I'm not against the corp- corporatocracy and, and the creation of all of these monopolistic systems and these international conglomerates I, I, I'm not fully against it, I'll clarify that sentence, <laughs> uh, I can allow it to live again, as I've said before, if we're also given the opportunity that they go alright, what we're going to do is these guys are going to grow all the plants in the world, they're going to sell this and they're going to take over all the McDonald's and sell all the weed and you know, whatever hyperbole bullshit, but what we're going to do to compensate you guys is just just end the war we're just going to stop it. We're just going to tear it up as piece of paper. Go, go back to what you're just doing. And then every it, they'll still create restrictions of licensing and whatever else. But the individual, that if you want to just grow enough that you can sell to some organization, some entity, some cooperative, or do enough to just step out, check out of the game. I think that's what yeah. people, people see cannabis law. I mean, it's there. It's cannabis justice is class justice. That's what science is up there, because that's what it is to me, is that we can end classism, we can end this predatory system of, of neoliberalistic capitalism if we use this ultimate renewable resource. It makes batteries, it grows homes, it can replace petroleum. Do, do you know what I mean? There's so much fucking more to this than just me really enjoying
0: smoking it. And maybe the way is just to like um, try and unite everyone that's on board with this new or old way of living that's in tune with the earth and and the natural elements. And, you know, like not still do technology, like technology is fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, it makes our life better and uh, more convenient and uh, we can achieve some amazing things. But like we need, imagine like, imagine some fucking prime ministers and leaders of countries that were just, you know, like, like us. People just want to make the world a better fucking place and just not fuck it up. Do you know what I mean? Like not fuck it up. Um, and so just like, yeah, embrace, embrace cannabis, like embrace mushrooms. It's, it's time, but you know, I don't want to like, uh, go, go down too, too dark a road, but then I just, it, it's, um, I think it's possible to, to unite and, and, uh, and, achieve that, but very, very difficult because, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in, uh, you know, things like elections, um, just like the illusion of choice, right. Um, um the yeah. candidates often that you see, like from each party, uh, that has, the, you know, that gets a good share of votes. Like, it's like, no, I wouldn't pick any of them. They're all, you all, I'm looking at the same thing here. I'm looking at the same flavor or like a different flavor of the same, same thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do we get someone that it has to be someone kind of like completely independent or a collective or a group of people, uh, that can, that can really unite people and, uh, can, can parry and defend all of the, the bullshit and the negative propaganda that would, that would come their way as, as a result of gaining any kind of momentum.
1: Mm. I mean, part of what worries me is it then becomes Eventually, the revolution becomes sexy and becomes profitable, and so it becomes astroturfed and it becomes part of the
0: narrative. In the same way, in the same way, look at yeah, you're right, but it 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 should just be like not. It should be like okay, the revolution is just like fucking go in your garden and just like learn how to grow a bunch of shit like that. That kind of revolution, like learn how to look after yourself with as much reliance,
1: radical self sufficiency. to to actually then to, to make the choice when you go to a Burger King, you go to whatever you are doing that because you want that thing, not because it's the cheaper option, not because it's the easier option, not because you are being tricked into it through advertising or marketing gimmicks or because of you saw it when you were driving past or whatever else, you know what I mean? To, to bring people to consciousness, and by that I mean awareness to just be able to make informed decisions about what we do, what we participate in, where our data goes. I mean, the, there's so much different, so much different potential uh, realities we could be living in, in terms of these structures we're operating under. Yet everything is these false binaries, these false fucking um, dichotomies that have been created to keep us in these these binary debates of going pick a side. And most
0: of us now have gone but both sides are wrong. <laughs> and so we just don't participate. Or just also it's more, it's more nuanced as well. It, yeah, it like, can't,
1: exactly, it. It, it can't be. So what, everything is a spectrum, a bell curve. And by the nature of this, the majority fall to the base of the bell curve in everything but everything is also fluctuating, whether that be your identity, your, your, in terms of the version you see of yourself, how you feel about yourself, the way you identify yourself, the way you identify others, the, the relationship you have to other things in terms of food, sex, drugs, work, motivation, you know, anything. All of these things fluctuate, but majority of behavior can be mapped on this, on a bell curve. But it's the extremity of both sides that have been driving the discourse in our society for decades, because that is neoliberalism 101. You find the two extremes, and then you go her You pretend you're gonna be left Hurt. You pretend you're gonna be right. Here's all the money, go guys, go, 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 And then everybody spends 40 fucking years running around chasing our own asses. Go, but they're wrong, but they're wrong. When they're above this, they don't play the game. They don't identify with the left or right. Bill Hicks told you this in the 90s with the puppet and, and saying that it's the same guy. He's pulling the fucking strings and we know them. You you, you you, spoke of their names a minute ago, of Vanguard and of BlackRock. The, we're gonna, this is what I mean about the co-option of the revolution, is as soon as they've gone, right, well, we own, we own all of alcohol, right, move our money from all of alcohol. Do we, we own all of oil? Move all of our money from oil. That was oil, not olive oil. But no, that's how it So olive oil. <laughs> <but> you, <do laughs> I mean? they, they've literally gone to any of the resources that will be harmed by this, diversify our investments, Go and buy us the space for this. We want a good five-year, 10-year, 15, 20-year plan economically. Because, again, BlackRock alone has an asset value of $20 trillion. It's got more value. the controls more value than the entire GDP of America, the the, the, the United States of America. It's in insane. And as you said, they own the majority. It's all the pharmaceutical industry. So as you say, now that all these grannies like, oh, bit CBD, and I'll, I'll use this as a painkiller, and... Yeah, the reason you're allowed to hear that on the mainstream media platforms that they own and the social media platforms that they own through, again, investment and stock market shares and all the wonderful neoliberalistic mechanisms of diverse control ownership uh, that exists. Um, But they're, they're then changing that narrative now. They're allowing this to exist, but it's not us that are getting to play it's their boys that they went to school with, oh, ring up Davey, I haven't seen him in 20 years. Oh, you're an investment banker now, aren't you? Do you want to move some of your money into this? Or oh, do you know Mike? Yeah, he's a lawyer, isn't he? Oh, he's bringing his law firm in. And, and they're just building this, this system for them while we're still terrified of the blue light. We're still scared of a gram in our pocket. We're still worried of losing our license, of losing our lives, of taking, of our children taken from us, our jobs removed from us. Our dignity is being stripped from us. We're scared of being stripped at the side of the road. We have no autonomy, we have no dignity, yet they are building the future
0: of industry in this fucking country. It's- Well said. Oh. Very well said. Um, and it's not even just that, it's the people, you know, people are getting squeezed more and more and more. And so it's like you don't even have space. To think like we can have this conversation with people and it's like oh, i feel helpless i feel overwhelmed there's there's nothing i can do about it um and fuck i've been there i've been there for long long periods of time and it's a fucking horrible place to be and uh you know that's why um currently i'm uh, taking a, a lot of mushrooms um and you know that's that's the fucking real world right there a lot that, that allows you to connect the real world i could go for walks in the forest um just just went down there to the ocean man had a skinny dip, just, like, jumped in, felt like a child, like, swimming through the water, butt naked, and it felt fucking amazing. And, you know, that's, that's the real world, and um, we, we can all go and, and and be part of that any time we want to be, and uh, that's certainly makes me feel better about things on a, on a day-to-day basis and to kind of like stay, stay positive and, and happy and realize that that in itself and the ripple effect that we can all have, uh, we often don't realize our own power. Um, you know, just, just the virtue of looking after yourself in that kind of way, um, that is helping. That's helping through like a mycelial type of yeah. ripple influence out into the universe to influence others as well. Yeah. And um, yeah,
1: I know, that's my
0: take on it, man. Yeah, people see that as well, man. And
1: people respond to it and it resonates through that kind of, what do Sheldrake call it? Uh, Morphic resonance. And so it is just this, it's a building of, you get that, what do they call it? The the hundreds monkey paradigm is say, that suggests that about 5%. You get a concept or an idea or a sensation to arrive at about 5% in the population. And then it takes on its own nature. It then becomes fact, it becomes institution, it becomes dogma, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're at with this uh, psychedelic renaissance right now, um, in a period of, of new awakening and awareness to these substances. Yes, there are the corporate fuckers that are then charging six grand for ketamine infusions. And now, soon, uh, I don't know where it was today, I saw, it was it Colorado, uh, are going to be, with federal approval, going to be prescribing MDMA, uh, which looks like quite an interesting proposition. Obviously, they need to get federal approval, which. <laughs> ain't going to get anytime soon yeah. unless of course GW or Pfizer happens to have an MDMA patent that they've been keeping away somewhere that they're just going to go no FDA guys you know, a 45% of funding that comes direct from our pockets we've got this other drug we want pushed through please and that will go because of the Veterans Association because that will then help the military industrial complex and it's again to go back to kind of my worry is that the, the revolution is our ability to connect to nature. Again, it is to be, as you said, present human to go away. I don't need any of this shit. I could literally go as you did skinny dipping in, into the, into the, the ocean. I can go fucking wandering in the woods. I can, I can build fire. I can hunt. I can forage. I can to understand that level of, all right, I can be all right. That gives you an ability to not respond in pure fear to not respond in, in that kind of, negative, scared, oppositional mindset where everything is the enemy and they're coming to take something from you. Whereas yeah, the psychedelic experience allows you to go, fuck them. <laughs> and then you ground yourself to a moment of then actually you can you can see alternative solutions and you can deal with it in a, in a more abstract way in what I would consider to be a much more humanistic way. But again, we've had our humanity stolen from us and we're sort of getting it sold back by drip
0: by drip by drip by drip true but this might be our saving grace because you know mm. they have the game on lock um they think they can control and profit from uh, the whims and changes of, of society and culture um which you know they can't control completely as much as they they would like to be able to and um, so you know, they as you say um profit through um increased awareness of of things like psychedelics but you know for how long that's the thing like once people they start getting out there and using them it could be the very thing that you know creates their own demise Mm. um here's hoping
1: uh, yeah, and I think part of the smart ones in their groups will know this. That's why they're charging so fucking much and they're working so hard. They, they just make hay while the sunshine lands. Eventually, it's gonna piss it down, and, that, and I think that is what what's happening now. Capitalists are gonna capitalize. That's capitalism, folks. Just, you know what I mean? It's I don't I don't blame the piranhas for being piranhas, but you know what? I'm not gonna put my fucking feet in piranha infested water. The the frog and the scorpion sort of metaphor comes to mind here, not metaphor, adage, uh, no. What's the word? Fable. I think fable is probably the closest way to describe that. Um, I'll any of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's close enough. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. But again, I don't mind them necessarily doing that. If we can go, well, can we play as well? Can we, like, you know, mammy government, can we Can we play? Yeah. Why, why are the big boys playing? Dave's got the football and they're on the pitch and we want to play football too. Why can't we play? We've got our ball. We just need some pitch. Let us, let us, there's two pitches. Let us play on the other pitch. There's more than enough space. Exactly. We've got the ball. Yeah. In literally, and in most cases, um, <laughs> to, we want on. We want to go and do this. We're, we're dying, literally, There are kids in this country dying, and I mean that from the ones that are dying from access to treatment to the ones being stabbed and shot to the people being chopped the fuck up over crops. Uh, What what are you gonna get, 20 grand at tops? And you're gonna fucking go and cut a man in fucking half. There's people torturing people in this country, cutting off fucking fingers and toes. Sorry to be graphic at whatever time you listen to this, folks. But there's some horrible shit going down over again, a commodity that if done right, should be worth fuck all. Cannabis should be so ubiquitous that actually the only cannabis that costs a lot of fucking money is the best of the fucking best. And that will cost that much because it deserves to cost that much, but it shouldn't cost the most. And I'm going to mortgage your house to get it. It it should be about where the market is now. But you should be able, if you can buy a gram of tobacco for 30 grams in this country for, it's been a while since I bought tobacco, I think 15 to 17 pounds for 30 grams compared to 200 pounds. For, 30, for 28 grams of, of cannabis
0: yeah it, it, most most of that's tax anyway but uh yeah it's um the, the one thing that should be fought for in the uk and in any country legalizing it is is definitely the right to, to grow your own supply um yeah like again that that's a big portion of what we have here in canada or uh in most of the provinces, I think Saskatchewan might be a, kind of like a little bit of a weird one, very conservative. Uh, but here, I can grow four plants. Um, they can't be within public view, uh, so you know, indoor, outdoor. If, if it's in the back of your garden, fenced, whatever. So can you, um,
1: can your neighbors see it though? So if can your neighbors mm, look out of their I garden so, into and your garden? Because that's not in public. My their public from neighbors private into your private plants, land. So should, yeah.
0: I think they can. I think okay. that's okay. Um, any, any restrictions on
1: whole, restrictions on height or vegetative state or anything like that?
0: That is a good question, so, Some, but um, I'm you, not sure. I know there's, there's there is an amount that you are allowed to have in your household. There's like a like a, a limit to that. It's quite a large amount. Well, not huge, but like it's fairly large for like wait, most. Uh, it's yeah, it's for got, a it, casual grower.
1: I was gonna say it's gotta be pretty high because I mean. I'm not bragging here, but I think I could do pretty well of just just four plants subtly illegally in a small space and historically have done. Um, but to then know I could do it outside, knowing that I could prepare for the summer, you know, veg cycle for fucking 20 weeks if I wanted to, really prep them root bound, you know, put them in thousand liter pots or whatever. I'm being a bit hyperable here, but you know what I'm saying? You could you could go silly. So then why then should you be punished if you're a good grower? that that's the one thing that's always yeah. bothered me about the limitations it shouldn't be that well they come out and go How have you got all this weed well he went i did it well i, I don't know yeah. why punish me I, i've done a good thing surely what, what's the problem here this means i don't have to go as many plans next time or like it's one of the things that i appreciate about what thailand is has been trying to do is trying to get government to buy back from citizens So, obviously, they uh, release, uh, gave away like a million uh, so called hemp low THC uh, cannabis plants at the start of the month. And they're looking to then find people and champions that they can then buy back as long as it goes through certain certifications that can then be sold through their prescription systems. So, that's cool. I think that's a, a really interesting way of looking at it because, I mean, Looking at the supply here in the UK, uh, as you said, the, the rejected stuff and the quite poor quality shit that's coming out of the Canadian markets, the Australian market, the Israeli market that isn't pre, like top shelf for their markets, basically. Um, there are kids in bedrooms, first and second grow, that I've seen pull off far, far better crops. Far, far better crops. It, it's, I, I'm almost at the point of laughing here because I kind of need to because it's embarrassing when you really think of the fucking money these facilities are putting down when they're talking, oh, we're 25 million investment to this and this million to this and this to this and this to this. And you look at the weed that comes out of it. I mean, I've spent enough time in, in hydro shops in the UK and you hear the lads, they'll joke sometimes and they'll see this kid comes in every week and he buys a different fucking nutrient. So he's never stuck with anything. He's never actually, you know, these kind of growers that think they know everything and all they do is throw money into it and they never actually go, wait a minute, let's learn one thing at a time and move forward. Yeah. You know what I mean, but they're doing this on yeah. a large scale where they're losing fucking
0: billions. I think of MedMen's first attempt, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, there's been a lot of money thrown around and wasted for sure. But at the end of the day, what's going to be a better product? Um, a small intimate grow of a few plants um, that get hand-watered. Um, each plant gets inspected and tended to individually about someone who cares, not about yield or profit, but just about growing the best possible product versus, a you know, investor-driven, scaled facility mm. of huge amounts of plants, just like generic people that don't really know what they're doing in there. And uh, oh man, I I met someone in uh, uh, I guess I'm gonna be really vague about this. I met someone in town uh, that was working at a, a, a shop, and they had been the I think the quality assurance person for Tilray, Tilray a big pharmaceutical. Uh, I think they may have um, sold into like another company, kind of or been yeah. been taken over or something like that. But they it they were merged kind of, like, with Atheria. Uh, to, okay, become, yeah. to become new
1: Tilray. Oh, the it's still Tilray, but it's, it's, yeah. The last time when I was looking at the uh, investment documents, it was bracketed as new Tilray. So the new company is, is Tilray, but it's embodied with this uh, a Aferi, I think it was a
0: fair or oh, with the name, it was one of those companies. Yeah, sorry, go on. I see. So as, as part of that, uh, the they had a big facility here in Nanaimo and that, that facility got closed down I guess that's why she wasn't working there anymore. Um, but I was just chatting to her, and she was kind of saying, "Yeah, like there was just like always mold and um, you know, insects and things like that." Um, she's like, "Oh, I, that's just how cannabis is. Like, you you just like always, it's like you hardly ever not get it on there." And I was just like, "Oh, what?" You, you poor people, like again. But this is what I,
1: again. I'm I've really calmed down. Anyone will notice, obviously, even I went episode 84 with this. Generally, in my activism, if you've watched me over the years, I'm really starting to understand: people's just people's and people's can get it wrong. They believe they're doing the best that they can. That person probably in their head genuinely believe, no, that's the truth. Everyone I've talked to and all of their experience. Because if you don't know something, you, you you don't know it. And if you don't know, you don't know Then. It's kind of not your fault. Fo- yeah, yeah, your it's, fault.
0: You know, it's not a failing on her part. Absolutely yeah. not. And, and uh, lovely, lovely person as well. So you know, you're absolutely right. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a failing on the, on the company, man. Like, An indictment you know, there's, if there's just,
1: something to that
0: scale. How, how many how many skillful growers are there on Vancouver Island? That have been growing fire for decades, you know like where 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 are these guys you know their, their, their first... where was the effort made to bring them over? There was none. it was like yeah. h- held held at arm's length, and uh, you know that's that's a sad thing that's a sad thing, yeah, but it also just perpetuates the black market as well, so it's just like they're leaving In... they're leaving more money on the table. the black market's still still <laughs> going strong here it's going to forever, and if you leave the best people and the products
1: that the consumers want outside of the remit of the line you've drawn, guess what, you're the one that's fucking wrong because you drew the line in the wrong place. You, you, what you should have done is go, all right, we're going to legalize cannabis in Canada. Right, we're going to do a consultation period. What is cannabis? Because we don't fucking know. How do you use it? How much do you use on average? And taking all of this data in and built the law to the culture rather than just arbitrarily pull these numbers out of their fucking arse, go to venture capitalist firms, bring all of this fucking money and set up a system that everyone's just kind of 10% of THC and inedible. I'm sorry. and Even if you're a novice and yet everyone is horses for courses and whatever else. But the majority of people I suppose, granted, from the culture that I come from, if you want to eat an edible, you do need to get fucked up. If you wanted to microdose, you'd use oils and tinctures and and other sort of different things. If you can have your edible, you can have your fucking edible. I don't know,
0: that's changed now. That's changed in the legal, just just by virtue of me Mm. being... In the legal space, like I, I came out here man, and like, you know, obviously I was doing some activism stuff in the UK and it was, it's all black market in the UK, unless you're the government or friends and family. Um, so out here, I was just so excited to be part of legal and, uh, you know, experiencing it and whatnot, but it's kind of been at the cost of um, not being as much as much into like the, the culture side of it. But that's that's an element that I'm very much like getting back into now and starting to discover and like meet all of these awesome people. So like that is, um, that's a great thing. But some of the LPs are starting to get it now as well. And you've got a lot of like craft producers, which is awesome. There's actually some really nice cannabis coming through now. Uh, Like, yeah, I'll I'll be honest, like up until this point, I'm I'm pretty picky with cannabis. I suppose it's fair to say, but I'd say like 80% of the flower products on the market are um, kind of like substandard, overpriced. And then the other 20%, um, you know, are really nice, but are often like a little bit kind of overpriced as to what we really want to be paying at the end of the day. No fault, again, for the producers because they're still like not making that much money off of it um, with the way that the things are set up. Uh, but it's interesting. You've got a company called uh, Bazam here, and they're quite like a big. You know, they've got a lot of money, bankrolled from a foreign investor, um, and they have. Just, some of their stuff hasn't been that great, to be honest. But what they've done now is they they've hired a guy on the island who has a lot of experience growing. Um, it's called Fresh fresh cannabis and uh like the stuff they're putting out through that is is absolute fire um and so like they're starting to get it and i think um allegedly uh they they basically the deal is that like that guy has full control over like what's being grown and how it's been grown like it's that's his operation and then they like they just sell the product and do the rest and you know that's that's how it's got to be can't interfere with the growers process when there's uh, masters at work exactly that it's
1: we need the business folk and the guys with the degrees that went to the school and you understand the economics and you can do the spreadsheets and the rest of it I'm not meaning trivialize. I'm just simplifying but you also then need the guys in other the the industry that have been fucking clandestinely growing for 30, 40 years, to understand how to make it fucking quiet when there's fucking 20 people the other side of a wall, but you're growing 100 grand worth of fucking weed, how to keep the smell down, how to keep the pests out, how to you know, run procedures, create protocols, wire electrics, understand fire potential risks, and all of these other myriad of things that you can only learn through it fucking you over. So you actively having to go, shit, right, next time, lads, yeah. what can we do? And it starts with oh, well, a bit of gaffer tape, and then you learn and you go to the back of the drawing board. And from that, you, all of the great advancements within the technology for growing cannabis, that's where they came from, from clandestine exactly. grows of people terrified that if this tank breaks, it floods and goes through the floor downstairs, where are raided, it's over. All of that, and though that needs to be re- recompensed. It needs to be compensated. It needs to be paid for. They did this to win and forge a future for them and for, for their families and their friends and their community and their culture, ourselves included. And anything that doesn't honour that and create a space for that is a slap in their face. That The ultimate mm. act of activism, I would say now, whether you're in a legal or illegal area, is to vote with your dollar, is to support the, the companies and the industries and the organisations within whatever sector it is that you're looking at that represents everyone that represents fairness the end of the war that represents a hope for a better post-prohibition paradigm than the one we currently live in because
0: as far as i see holding the companies accountable you know um and just like voting with your wallet on the companies that are keeping it real like these guys are a good example, Coast Mountain Cannabis, I was really impressed with their facility, Um, living soil beds, their soil beds are over two years old, like they compost like the waste bits of the plant um, and they just feed, it's the first time like I've gone to, you know, usually you go and, like you say with the nutrients, the companies are using various different like formulated nutrients and whatnot. Like they have, they have obviously all organic, and they just like having they have big tanks of like compost tea that they just like brew up and then like hand water and go around. And the master growers guys, they they those guys have got experience with plant medicines. Like they've they've lived interesting lives, and you know all of all of the love and the experience just like goes into the plants and. Uh, Clean, clean product and uh, a cool company and those are those are the kind of companies that I like to support out here. Do, um, do, do I
1: take the line and the flag to suggest that they are Rastafarian? Uh,
0: there is certainly some influence from that. I think uh, yeah, I think Elliot the master grower was like um, dabbled around that a little bit. Um, I actually interviewed him on, on the Grocery Journal podcast Um Uh, so him and Damien um, two of the two of the three like head rowers there Um, so yeah he did he he had some big he had very long dreads but they they were cut off I think he cut them off last year um, it was cool to see the pictures of him with mm. the dreads after like only meeting him but, uh, with with shorter hair. Uh, but they're beautiful, beautiful souls. Like they were so welcoming and so like inviting and so open um, yeah. to talk to talk about everything as well. That uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good a good experience. And you know, it's in Pemberton. It's kind of near Whistler, so just amazing mountains is the backdrop. Small little town, just beauty, natural beauty everywhere. It, it's a, it's a nice kind of like slow community-oriented family pace of life. They uh, invited Elliot's brother. I was having like kind of gathering there for um, one of the family members' birthdays. So they actually invited us over to to go there and have some food with them and see their homestead kind of set up that they had. And you know, his brother had just grown all of these um he had like a kind of greenhouse and he built this automated water heating like under floor like water heating system for his plants it was like on a thermostat sensor so it drops below a certain level it like a heat pump and it pumps uh hot water along all of these like little plumbing tubes under the plants and whatnot and uh i just i love to see that stuff we were talking about that like self-sufficiency earlier and i, I just it's very inspiring seeing these people just you know build all of this stuff and uh do it themselves.
1: Again, to be have the opportunity to do that. That is all I want to see. My issue with that is the way Canada has obviously did it with the first star. Right, is handful of who's who's the ones we want to get through, or you guys go first? You got a couple of your head start. Go, 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 go. Here's all the money. Here's all the stuff. Here's everything. Go. Wait, wait a minute. We'll get you, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it's what everyone else has done. It's the same damn thing is they're letting their mates through and they're letting them establish the systems. And so, yeah, we're getting to participate and play, but how long for is, is what worries me is that, because again, neoliberalistic capitalism is a blood sport. And you keep, ultimately, the game is to be the guy that owns both the coke companies. Both the the lemonade companies, both the you know, the tomato ketchup companies. And you, you create the marketing and the gimmick and go, Oh yeah, they're so different, this ketchup from this ketchup. And you're the guy that makes the fuck it, you grow the tomatoes, so you laughing, you know? That's what it's gonna be with weed. We have to remember that is their end goal. So yeah, you may get two years, five years, whatever, but we have to be mindful. Globally, collectively, that's what I want to see from regions around the world is us start having these conversations internationally. Because do you not think that these guys are? Do you think that they respect borders and arbitrary lines and passports and all the rest of this shit? No, they are working on ways to con us. The reason they are in Zimbabwe, the reason they are in Chile, the reason they are exploiting and moving around the world is they are looking for the cheapest labor they are get, trying to get the cheapest gram because once they've found the cheapest gram and the cheapest production, it doesn't matter if they've got to then send it 25,000 miles around the world for you to get it on prescription. That's the model they want. That's, yeah. And that, that's the end goal of BlackRock Vanguard. And for us to <laughs> defend against that is to, in some much way, b- become the Vanguard and, and, and take on this, this mantle and, conglomerate internationally as activists, as advocates, as people that can just see the inevitable thing that's going to happen and collectively fight for the UN to go, all right, right, we got it wrong. We got it really fucking wrong. We're gonna tear up these two conventions and we're gonna write a lovely new convention, enshrining your human rights to take drugs. Part of that is your inalienable right to produce your own, create your own societies, You know, as part of your human right to self-expression, to uh, identity and to uh, socialization and right to work and all these other human rights, as part of that would come in cannabis. In drugs, in what, do you know what I mean? I think that that would be nice. That's, I feel that's, like it's going the other way though. Yeah, but we, but that's because it's all collective effort and, and will. And you think if I look around the world and I think, man, drugs, illicit drug trade is worth somewhere between about three hundred and fifty to probably about five hundred billion, depending on how good of a year it's been. That's a fucking lot of money. That lobbying, that working in politics, that working in certain systems and actually pushing for, yeah, I know that obviously that money wouldn't because the end of the war on drugs would be the end of that money, but it would also be the creation of a much better world for everybody. Like you would just 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 take the bottom off. All it would do is get rid of the suffering. You, you just can still be stupidly rich. If you want your Lamborghini yeah. and your gold Bugatti and whatever other bullshit... You can have it, but it's not predicated on the suffering, misery and perpetual indebted servitude of billions, millions, potentially billions of people.
0: Well, what's fucked as well is there's still 500,000 prisoners of cannabis here in Canada today. Five, five have fed 500,000. Canada's only got a population of like 32 million, hasn't it? That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's pretty pretty sparse for the for the land for the land area. That's, that sounds that sounds about if, right. That's about, if, that's about less than half of the UK. Uh,
1: yeah, it was Afria. By the
0: way, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. A P H R I A was the company. Afria, yeah, I know Afria. They have a bunch of like brands like in the recreational oh, space.
1: Oh yeah, I was trying to get too P-H-E with it, but yeah, they're the ones who merged with uh, Tilray. Which actually, yeah, happened. I remember. I remember seeing that now, like a few months ago, because that actually happened. Because originally, Tilray and Aurora were going to merge, and that fell through. Jesus. Uh, thirty-eight million. Yeah, it was a little bit off.
0: Thirty-eight million. Uh, right, but wait. yeah, still like uh, you know that that should be that should be zero. Um, so it just kind of it just kind of goes to show you, really, they're not like ever going full in. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so that. So that is basically the reason I wanted to do that. I was saying that's
1: one in sixty-four people in Canada is in prison for cannabis, yet cannabis is legal in Canada.
0: Yeah, we shared we yeah. shared a video. Actually, uh, I don't mean I don't meditation. mean to laugh. Sorry,
1: I'm laughing because otherwise I'd fucking cry. This is a lovely room, and I don't want to break anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, so sometimes you yeah. got to laugh, man, or, or just have a good cry. At a later date, just fucking let it let it all flow through. Um, but yeah, it's 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 sad. Um we shared a video uh, through the different collective Instagram uh from like an amnesty organization in Canada. Um they're they're a great um like charity to to check out they're doing some some good work around this and like trying to raise awareness about it as well. Uh because I, w- I wasn't aware it was it was that high a number. Um, it's yeah it's crazy and like we're all in the cannabis industry and like working in it and profiting from it and enjoying it, so it's like it really it doesn't it doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah, man, it's and again we talked about before about these growers and from Tilray and whoever, like what anyone that knew anything, their first thing should have been all right. Let's ring up the local prison. All right, who've you got for grown weed? All right, ask him who grew the most. How much to get caught for? Fuck up! We'll yeah. have that guy. We'll have that guy. Get that guy. We want that guy. It should be like drafts, you know, like uh, like they're doing like wrestling or football in America, and it's like the draft of the season. That's what it should be. When a country legalizes weed, it should literally be all of a sudden everyone that's like, oh, get, get in! I've got two million on my record. You know what I mean? And you, you get suited and booted, and be that night ready for the day that it legalizes. These are the all stars. These are the motherfuckers you want in play. These are the guys that are going to get it right the first crop. It ain't going to take 10 cycles. You're not going to lose. Again, it's not even a loss. To, they make it look like, that. oh, we lost 10 billion in our stock and value, but we're now worth 20. Nah, it means you pocketed that shit. You conned and played the system. You pumped and dumped. You played the market. That's It's not never a failure. It's all part of the plan. Whereas if you had these, these guys in, they would understand it. Whenever the board would then go, we're going to do this, the grower would be like, why the fuck are you going to do that? That's not good for the plant. It's not good for the consumer. Why would you cut that corner? Why would you want that PGR in that product? Why would you use a fast dry technique that increases molds and pests, uh, that increases the uh, mold rate and increases the likelihood of uh, pests being present in the product? Why would you then use concentrations uh, on products that you know have failed certain pesticide tests and whatever else, knowing it's going to maximize a product, but it won't be tested in the same way. Like Mm. they wouldn't allow this. Pick kind of true cannabis people wouldn't allow this. They just fucking wouldn't. Sorry, like if you had a D if you had decency or you they kind of be like, I'm done, I can't do this. You'd object where you can and you'd walk the fuck away. And in the right world, you'd be allowed to establish a, a community and an industry and a profitable alternative that would put that fucker out of business. Best business practice do, do, doesn't mean about legality. I know some criminal entrepreneur dealers right now whose whose morality and their corporate social governance score and all the rest of it, it will be off the fucking scale because they are decent motherfuckers that do good for the world every day. They don't steal their electric. They pay their way. You know, they they share genetics. They pay into charities. You know, they pay their grow as well. They pay their trim as well. You know, it goes to their vendors. They're looked after. There's, there's education. The wealth is shared. Why the hell are we not celebrating? Yeah. Why are they not on Forbes, the cover of Forbes? Why are they not celebrating? Why is there some prick with a Rolex that costs more than the majority of people's fucking house and yearly income combined? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. The, 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 the symbology here and the, the imagery and the messaging to the youth must just be fucking mental. I can't imagine growing up now as an 18, 19-year-old getting exposed to cannabis.
0: Like at least when I, I don't we, know, uh, like, it's, uh, it's pretty chill here in Canada because it's legal. I feel like it's you know, they have people coming in, but that's and, the like, problem. You know, they're, ch- in, they're, they're chill, legal. so they're not.
1: They, they're gonna breed. That's that's true. What I'm saying they're breeding it out that's of true. us. Where, I'm, I know I've been accused of being angry at times, but we need to be able to go. Okay, this is a good start. Let's do better yeah. and hold them to account and constantly be charging forward. But I don't see those movements and obviously I'm not, I'm not intimately involved in, in no, you're, for, you're for foreign on. industries, but I worry that they're, they're breeding apathy and brand awareness that all of a sudden you'll go, I remember Tilray from when I was a youngin. So you'll consume Tilray till the day you die. They'll use the traditional neoliberalistic marketing and, and uh, advertising gimmicks and everything else to just get us addicted to their brand They're going, oh yeah, they're they're very pro LGBTQ plus. I'll, I'll I'll adopt that and support them. Or oh, they're doing this, so I'll support yeah. them. I like the actor in the advert. And we'll lose that. well, no, but what's what's the cannabis? Where's the cannabis? What's are they actively trying to get people out of prison? These this one in what is it, 66 six people? I can't remember the math, and I think it was 38, which yeah,
0: it's six. The, the 70 that seems like it's a crazy 30. high percent, but is- again a lot of people do grow cannabis in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee that seems high yeah that's wild um but you know i think that the culture will i think the culture will always continue there'll always be people passionate to to you know bring the torch forward um and you know they can maybe coexist because there's there's people that will use cannabis on a regular basis that so they really don't give a shit about the plant you know, like, I mean, there's loads of things I consume, like, uh, on, a, on a daily basis that, like, I don't fucking care about. Like, beer, for example, not daily, but when I drink that, like, I don't, I don't really fucking care. You know, just like, a, I have a beer that I like, and I, it's I stick you, to it.
1: But you don't have to care, because then we know that with the, with the, the production and the standardization and the creation of alcohol and its regulation, yeah. I mean, you don't have to worry. You know that you're going to get, if you've bought that beer, that beer is going to be what it says on the packet. Because enough people have suffered and fought for the standardization of that industry. Whereas cannabis right now, it's you're buying whatever that bud tender, I don't want to say tricked, but talked or convinced. I'm trying to use very friendly language here and I don't mean this to sound sharp. What have they recommended? Thank you there. Whatever's being recommended. And you don't know if that's a genuine, passionate thing that the person's done or if they're upselling you. Or if, you know, they're just,
0: just... No, so, yeah, but like, so like oil is a good example like edibles people that don't Mm -hmm. smoke cannabis is usually the distinction right like they're going to go in they don't care about the strain or anything like that they're going to just like find one that that works for them for what they want to use it for and they're just going to go on live the rest of their life like that's you know that's fine it would be like probably the more corporate companies selling them that that's that's fine but what we do have is like a strong craft um like community and the people that are more into the cannabis and more in the refined experiences and a high grade like you know, those people are definitely interested and involved and they want to know who the grower is and we're starting to get a lot more companies put more information on the packaging of the product now so like it'll tell you how it was grown, how long it was cured for, uh, what the genetic lineage is, uh, what the tarpene profile is, tarpene content sometimes they're posting the, the minor cannabinoids as well as the THC and CBD so like we are we are seeing that side of it which is which is good um and you know there's also a good um home growers I uh, actually just interviewed uh the head of the vancouver island home growers guild Um, and this he's an awesome dude he's been growing for decades gave us some of his mama's weed we smoked some of his mama's weed It was fucking amazing shit like so nice and chilled and uh he's running a cup and the cup's going to be all like homegrown you know people send in the samples um they're going to be using uh, a grading system that we've we've developed um to to go through and do it all kind of like objectively and uh this is this is this is like amazing kind of culture thing um that that kind of i'm excited for and it's and it's allowed because people are allowed to grow at home but also here there's a lot of people with like the legacy uh, medicinal licenses like it says ACnPR a license so some people have these licenses that allow them to grow hundreds of plants as well um so you know there's this kind of community around that as well so i think all of those those entities can can coexist but to your point, I do, I do worry as well that people don't appreciate the history and um, the pain and the decades of people's like thankless work to move the needle on this to get to where we are today. And just like my worry of that is that we've let the, um, the perpetrators of these, these crimes against humanity um, get off scot-free and in many cases are the ones uh, in the best position to be profiting from this new world. So it's like, yeah. if we haven't learned anything from that, or we don't at least have our guard up against these institutions and organizations, then how many other things are we going to walk into completely clueless for another 20, 30, 40 years? Like yeah. our entire lives, we may think it's clueless. Like how many things are we currently in from these orchestrate from these people that we're, that we're clueless on? so like yeah that's that's my big concern is we've just like allowed it to slip in without having that like more difficult conversation around like why it's been so much to, to get it to this point in the first place
1: yeah and yeah as you said that the majority they the, they're in the position to profit most from it now but i say, worse is that they, through a form of, I guess, gentrification and eurasia and whitewashing, get to write the history of cannabis. It's not about the 500,000 people, you know, in, in Canada, in uh, in prison for cannabis offences. It's not about the 50,000 people serving stupid sentences. I uh, can't remember the minimum sentence of the, the 50,000 court for in America. Um, I think it's life and non-violent or something like that. No, there's not 50,000, there's 50, sorry, there's 50 in America that's serving life for non-violent cannabis offences, yet America is held as this bastion of cannabis freedom. It, there, there's so many wrongs with the way these, these systems have been established, and it is not only have they got off scot-free, it's that they've, the ones who have just, they've stopped punching us in the face, effectively. They're the playground bully that have been, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? And now they're suddenly, I don't know, like, solders, boxing gloves <laughs> or some shit. It's like, it's just, they're still hitting us in the face, but it's softer now. And it's, oh, sorry, we can do this here. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, it's it's like, and we can't tell the difference because oh, they're being nice. The it's lovely. It's so soft, isn't it? Thank you for the punch. It's like, well, wait, wait, wait. No, when we had the conversation about being punched in the face was the moment we should have said No. We don't want to be punched in the face. We don't want to change how we're punched in the face. And that's mm-hmm. what it feels like this. all these conversations with legalization are is we're not there. It's, the conversation to me, I appreciate what is happening in America at the minute of they're talking about descheduling because that's where the end is. If you leave it scheduled, you will always have problems where people fall out of the gray area and into criminality where you can go, well, <gasps> he had it in the wrong part of his car. Oh, shh, shh, when you're going down, son. You know, I mean, the the laws are so arbitrary in some regions. I mean, Canada, I often use as the main quote, is that it went from seven laws to 45 laws overnight. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it, it didn't get more, it got less legal, paradoxically. It got, but everyone's kind of like, well, yeah, that's fine. And it's like, well, but is it? But, but really? And then, like I said before, this apathy that's bred into us of going, I've got my four plants at home. And yeah, we've, and this is not to shit on anybody that's building industry and community. I applaud everything that you've you've, you've spoke of. You know, I, I I did the same when I spoke with uh, Urban Remo, another sort of Canadian hero. Um anyone's called you a Canadian hero <laughs> by proxy didn't mean that but you know what I mean um, not that you're not know, a hero but you're not Canadian you know what I mean
0: um, I'm neither mate yeah. I'm fucking English <laughs> bro making a lot of weed in
1: Canada you're, you're a hero to me because you actually got up and fucking went to Canada and you did it just prior to effectively the end of the world and you stayed there during lockdown that's pretty fucking heroic brother because I fucking wouldn't have <laughs> You didn't have a
0: choice, did you? Not much choice. No, fuck. It it, it escalated quickly, man. I came for the liberal open attitudes, and uh, unfortunately, (laughs) at the the same time, I want to say I don't feel that that is uh, an indicative representation of. Canadians who are you know lovely amazing people on the whole so yeah I, I fucking love it in this country I love BC I love Vancouver Islands I love the beauty of it and the closeness to nature the the similarities of, of um, being in a similar climate um, to home uh, I, I don't I don't want to live anywhere else but um, yeah it's been it's been an interesting few years as well so have to see what way got my got my ear to the walls to see what happens. But uh yeah, looking forward to coming back to the UK soon. Hopefully in the next couple months or so, that would be would be nice to get back and see some homies.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I'd love to get out to uh, to Canada again soon. So you, you definitely on my list to make sure we could visit again. Yeah, I was I've stated that the Canadians I found to be entirely lovely. I only spent a small amount of time in in around Toronto uh on my way back from my American road trip in 2018, but Every person, literally every single person I interacted with was was just was just lovely, refreshingly so. It was like it was like meeting Northerners. That's that's that's, that's a good expression. I was a good uh, measure of their their decency. Um, I like and- that. Yeah, just uh, yeah,
0: like a bit kind of. Um, I don't know. Just o- uh, open, more, just, more, just, just, more, polite, like the uh, northerner, because and I not like northerners are amazing. My dad's a Geordie, by the way. I fucking love the north, um, but it's more well, like, yeah, Northern, Northern, like Northern you just is speak your north- mind. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Right? It's, it's so Canadians polite, are very polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, okay. uh, this, uh, I get. But the spirit, but the spirit, they share hmm. the same spirit of like adventure and a lot of like um, uh, acceptingness. I think in in my case, the,
1: the intrinsic liberalness. I mean, if you look at what's happening with sort of drug trials of decriminalization, uh, you look at obviously what's happening around entheogenic compounds uh, or psychedelics. Um, yeah, it's the, these movements are happening. But again, what worries me is that they're happening within a vacuum of a loss of other freedoms and power. And it's kind of like, are we being given one thing and then they take the other things away? And then by the time we get bored with playing with our mushrooms, we look around and they're like, didn't I have a house? Didn't I? What? What's a car? I used to have a car. Uh, the thing with the wheel and driving. I used to drive. I'm telling you, I used to drive. It feels like they're just distracted away, yeah. and we're gonna go and play with cannabis and go ten years of yes, yes. Look at this industry; everything's mint. Then we t- and we literally we didn't pay any attention. to <laughs> Anything else? So
0: I'll wait till everyone's bankrupt and then legalize everything. Be like, here you go, like everyone's yeah, just everything. Everything for it. <laughs> And then, and then they step in as the heroes and be like, well, we're going to give you a universal basic income. U- like, universal you know, we'll basic income. <laughs> we'll give you food. We'll give you, we'll give you drugs. We'll tell you what to do. And you don't have to worry about it, anything. Just like, just you do know, what, come into our system.
1: Do you know what's scary, right? Uh, here's a good one for your literary minds out there, people. We were so worried about 1984 that we literally built the brave new world. There is this chemical <laughs> escape, this chemical escapism, and this everything that we just and it's hedonistic and it is this this, this self grandiose and like just egoic egoism? Sorry, like and it's so hyper normalized like, that this why like mushrooms are important, nature is massively important. Go fucking be humbled. Go get lost in the woods. Go get actually lost and realize how fucking insignificant and small you are compared to the vastness of those what you would consider to be banal trees. Go feel the viciousness of nature, the power of it, and respect that shit and learn your position in reality. And yeah, that I think is the underlying. And the
0: harmony, and the harmony of nature though, as well. Like, you know, walk through the forest and just. Just observe how everything is interplaying with each other in this beautifully complex orchestra of of, of insects and plants and trees and birds and mushrooms. Like it, it's fucking wonderful, man. And like dead shit decomposing and new shit growing out of it. And like yeah. no matter how fucked up the world gets, like that that shit will just, you know, it will continue. Um and we can we can learn everything we need to from. From nature as well so like yeah it's just radically all fucking become citizen scientists have fun learning and like supporting each other through that learning process and uh, become more self-sufficient in the process and 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 open open ourselves up to the fact that we fucking know nothing in this crazy place we know jack shit um but we're magical awesome beings as well so um you, you know it's. Uh, it reminds me. I just went. We went to the cinema a couple of days ago and watched uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, we took some shrooms before we went in, and it's it's a mind blowing movie. Like half the shrooms, but after it's an incredible movie. Uh, I recommend to go see it. Uh, or find find a place to to watch it because um, you know the, the the messages that it carries through are very very poignant um, you know essentially just like try to be kind especially when you're uncertain about things like that's when you should be kind even more where we have a tendency to like close ourselves be defensive um, aggressive or, or whatever um, so that was yeah that was that was really nice man um, it was it was a nice trip to do mushrooms on. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually, I think I got the opportunity to uh, do some cambo next month as well. So I've never, mm-hmm. never had that experience before. Um, it's like a, it's an indigenous practitioner, and I've, yeah, I've known of cambo for a little while, and just haven't kind of had the opportunity to do it. And then, yeah, I kind of felt the call when I had uh, a recommendation from someone that, that knows of it. So I'm kind of excited to try that for the first time nice nice it's one of those things that the dot things
1: i'm needle phobic so it's always kind of a thing that's made us like i don't
0: like it's not medical, i don't it think is. it's a needle um i, I again i'm not Everybody too uh, well no, versed no. on this but yeah. i think they kind of like burn the skin's somewhere, usually like around the shoulder. And then the camber is like a toad venom, right? So mm-hmm. they just like apply. So get, get a tap,
1: sort of, they use uh, different techniques, but you can, the same people where they use uh, almost like chopstick sort of thing, and you're tapping it, put it in, you knock it in sort of thing. And I right. it's just that sort I can smoke it. I'm going to smoke it. That's main drugs, pretty good history of that. You know I mean? If I can snort it, I'm going to uh, snort it. Good history of that. I ain't never put anything in like in a different way. So it's that kind of thing is, is that it feels I'm surrender to me. It's, I guess it's a trust thing. It's everything's a dose. You know, if I'm going to take acid and use a dropper, I trust myself yeah. not to let the whole thing or to make the decision. I'm going to take the whole fucking thing, but it's my fucking choice. Whereas then yeah. surrender to somebody else to put me into, I guess, that's that, that altered and potentially vulnerable
0: state, I guess that's probably where I'm more of my hesitance, I guess sometimes. I mean but well that's no different from any kind of retreat right like an iOS retreat mushroom mm-hmm. retreat like you're still entirely placing yourself in the hands of the uh the facilitators I, I've, I've never of that did. experience no matter whether you drink it smoke it whatever like it's gonna mm. it's gonna alter your mind and your consciousness mm-hmm. in ways that you can't even know um you know what's what's gonna happen or, or how it's gonna go so um I don't feel it's any different from that, and, and probably less so, in fact, because I don't think it's necessarily like a uh, like a psychedelic psychoactive experience necessarily, and more of like just the fucking purging, basically. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. But fuck, I'm, I'm down. It's been used like by the indigenous thousands of years. Like I, you know, I know a lot of people that have tried it, um, and, uh, and and said it was it was great and very cleansing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm down to give it a try.
1: Nice, yeah. It should always be open to new experiences. So yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I'll I'll let me back know. To
1: you. Yeah, please do. Be curious, uh, curious to know. Um, I'm quite mindful of time because obviously, uh, anyone that's aware we're on opposite ends of the earth right now, and it is half midnight so i'm gonna ask a few more questions and then round up because i've got to be out the door at seven in the morning um, i apologize
0: that's uh no, that's it's, my it's, bad keeping you,
1: you waiting there my friend my my diary management has been abysmal since i've moved back into this place so y'all at home please do like share and subscribe because i've actually put fucking effort in to make sure we get this episode out this week for you five folk um but yes yeah, so, uh there's a couple of things that I wanted that I found when I was out Googling. I, I do use other uh, social uh, search engines at times, but I actually use Google in this instance. And it came up with an interesting uh, link with a rap that you produced about no, cannabis. Can- about cannabis. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Oh, dear, you found that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people got gonna. Yeah. when the internet is forever. What we've done, it is out there, and if it's out there, you're probably gonna find it. If you're gonna be a guest on the show for future guests, remember that.
0: <laughs> I, I respect. I respect the research. I respect the research. Yeah, the a cannabis rap in the UK. I've always uh, had fun making music um, since I was a kid. Played drums. Uh, had a little four track multi-track recorder I used to like um record four tracks in on my keyboard go and take the sd card to my computer Make those four tracks into one and then add more i think up to like 32 tracks so love that shit and uh yeah so i've always liked making music uh, in the last few years i've been making electronic music and so I have a big library of projects, music. Uh, sometimes I release it like on SoundCloud, um, but mostly just for the enjoyment of it. And yeah, I decided to, uh, to write a little rap. Sometimes I write um, lyrics and things like that. It's kind of like a form of poetry, but I get the chance to uh, kind of like sing, do a little bit of rapping over some of my tunes um and it's just like a really cathartic um experience it's kind of like a mixture of like journaling therapy and like a creative environment uh so i really enjoy that and yeah i just got really fired up one day and i can write a rap about cannabis in the uk and why it's a travesty and why it needs to be legalized um so yeah that was that was good fun but actually i just released um a new a music video you know check it out on the the different collective um, channel, or you can search it uh, on YouTube. Be like uh, circa, C I R C A, uh, and the song's called Sometimes. Uh, it's got some Terence McKenna quotes in it, and like we made a music video for it. Uh, I'm making the beats, and uh, my my boy Etan, he's also working in the cannabis industry. Met him through the different collective uh, collective network, which is why this this uh, collectives fucking awesome because you you know we connected realize you're both into music uh he likes to rap i like, like to make the beats so i sent him some stuff we worked on some stuff like uh just virtually over the last couple months and yeah we, we put out this song and uh it's uh it's been fucking great fun man yeah go go check it out let me know what you think
1: awesome awesome i'll include uh, links to that and to your uh, your uk cannabis rap in the, the links and uh, bio section below folks um, yeah, I suppose there's, there's only really one other kind of key, go to the, two of the questions I've got here. Um, any thoughts on a, a, a BC slash Canada film festival? Have you, some of your prowess from your previous life at London Cannabis Film Festival, have you thought of, you know, p- pushing that? Cause I know Canada's a bit eh, on advertising and whatever else from the companies themselves, but I thought with the niche that people like yourselves are starting to fill within the industry, surely there is big scope for domestically produced media.
0: Oh man, I would, I would love to do that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would never write that out. I think it would be prime to do a film festival here. Uh, it's been busy right now. I know the other, the other guys, like, still keep in touch with them, uh, Connor and Mark from the Film Festival. Uh, They've they're both got projects on as well in the UK. Um, you know, I've I've been busy getting some stuff set up here in Canada. I do believe and I hope at the right time for, um, for us and hopefully, you know, get other people involved as well. The more the merrier and, like, make it a team community-driven effort. I think uh, that would be a wonderful thing to, uh, to, to do something out here and then maybe try and get a big UK contingent to, to come out and, uh, you know, share learnings uh, between Canada and the UK and show some UK film stuff and show some Canada stuff. And, uh, you yeah, know, we can all have an experience out here as well with legal cannabis and, and be able to smoke freely and enjoy that side of it as well. So, um, no, I'd, I'd I'd love to see that happen at some time in the future maybe once we get consumption spaces in Canada as well like that that's when things will really start to pop and these kind of events uh, could be we could really be talking about that at a a good scale
1: yeah for sure I mean it it could be a wonderful way to to document to solidify the journey so that it doesn't get lost so that that whitewashing and gentrifying that we spoke of before the erasure of the actual heritage and history doesn't occur because it it is solidified in a digital time capsule but it is also a way then to partner with and find the best the the, the good the good in canada the canadian industry pardon I got a bubble in my throat there uh in the canadian industry and then using that money in those documentaries those that media to then bring it to the uk as well and to go well look here and challenge those stereotypes challenge those negatives challenge those those negative perceptions in those ignorant prohibitionist traditionalist attitudes by directly showing it rather than just cherry picking and go, Oh, well, here, we'll show you this one documentary because it actually frames really well for this one policy that we want that will make us rich, but bring it all actually the good, the bad, the ugly, and really, you know, educate and inform people because it's not just the UK, it's the world that would take this on, that, that would want this, that would need like I said, because Canada, unlike America, it's it's a federal model. For all the air you have, your ten provinces and three territories. I learned that today. I'm learning a lot about Canada recently. Um, there you wow. go. I will pass a, a national test at this point easier than I will our own in this country. Because fuck me, huh. oh, Jesus Christ. Especially as an, an anti-royalist, you know what I mean. I deliberately don't want to know that information. So yeah, I might end up over mm-hmm. there sooner than Same. later by the looks of it. Um my point is that that is then still one standard model overall and therefore it's easier to show the economics of it the effect of it yeah canada as we've discussed today is probably about two thirds of size population wise country wise fuck me forever more larger than the
0: the uk and even probably oh yeah yeah um but well, what they say is like 100 years in canada is is a very long time but hundred kilometers is is uh, a very short distance but in the uk a hundred years is a very short amount of time but a hundred kilometers is, is a long stretch of distance I can't even tell
1: you how long a hundred kilometers is in miles because that's a new newang conceptual I think it must be
0: like maybe fuck, how many would it be like sixty seventy miles or like yeah, 150 and 70 would be a super rough I, I was gonna guess say I'm only way. I'm only guessing
1: that because of the it really fucked with my head when I, I flew into Canada and I uh, got in a car and rented a car uh in, in at night and saw a hundred on the speed limit sign I was like hundred mile an hour fucking right Canada rules put my foot down and then went my speedo's broken what the fuck is this and was like oh it's kilometers fuck's sake it's the most like disheartening thing ever. I thought everywhere was like the autobahns of Germany or some shit. And then I went, oh wait, this means is actually slower. But yeah. It's just most,
0: bigger. <laughs> most of the highways in 90, which I think is is it's less than 70 for short. It's, yeah, it's like, like a 64, 56 50, 60. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not that it's not that fast, but it does go up to 110 uh in some in some cases as well. About, it's there's, about there's, 80 on, so yeah, yeah. It's Depending on where mind you're mind. driving, not that I would ever, you know, break the law um, or anything, and that's that such, I don't dabble in those matters. Uh, but, you know, if one were to, uh, there's there's lots of expansive roads with very little population, um, wow, long, straight point. roads, you know, yeah, good fun to drive at the speed limit on um, Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. As yeah. of the things
1: I enjoyed was the speed limits of Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, for one final point, actually, I'm just going to out myself, I suppose, for a piece I'm writing at the minute. Um, I'm doing a comparative piece about how humanity evolved with driving versus how humanity evolved with drugs and just showing that, oh, this was dangerous. Seatbelts, good idea. Safety glass, you know, the evolution of safety after deaths and the reduction versus how we've dealt with drugs and so yeah it's just I'm going to draw some parallels into that of, like fun and part that's of it is interesting.
0: yeah and part of it is going to be when you, sorry go on when you first said that I was like where the hell are you going with that like, <laughs> oh, that's spot on that's <laughs> spot on yeah it's,
1: it's one of the things that came to us uh, recently and then I ended up having a really good conversation with the guy who does like a traffic convictions of uh, course and then he ended up giving us statistics, and you know me I'm a bit of a when someone gets in there, it got in there and I went, oh, fuck this. So I've got like six pages of just notes and documents to prove like this, that the driving side of it. And I know most of the drug stuff, and I just want to create these like comparative timelines and just show how this dangerous thing happened and how humanity's response to it made it either far more dangerous or far less dangerous. And actually then i show how the nanny state of driving is making driving in some ways more dangerous and that could, how that could then affect illegal drugs and basically go for back to the concept of you know what you're doing. Train the individual, give them the best tools, and trust them. That's what we need in driving. Yeah. That's what we need in drugs. Educate yeah, don't just them, shove it in the, the, the closet tip, and just close
0: the-, the door and pretend it doesn't exist because, like, you know, yeah. that's dangerous. It's yeah. irresponsible. Yeah. Open the closet, like, see what's there, measure it, identify it, analyze it, and then use that information to minimize risk and maximize like profit for society.
1: Yeah, it's, it's to ensure that all their it's their kids I'm saving, frankly. It's the, when they're giving them a fucking, <laughs> like a 300 horsepower Mercedes at 18, 19, and then no one's having the conversation about, you know, well, he's been raised on Need for Speed and whatever, and that kid is gonna drive fast, he's gonna drive like a lunatic, they're gonna crash cars. We need to have these real conversations in the same way, yeah, those people that are taking the 10 milligram edibles, there's also people that are saving those up and taking a thousand milligram edibles and they should be allowed to do that safely. You can't criminalize their behavior and draw these arbitrary lines. Cars, there are certain cars and roads that you can drive 150 miles on and not have a problem with good education, good technology, good awareness, we can make these things safer. We need to stop going now with driving. We're going back down the criminalization route to try and make it safer. When all that'll do is increase criminal behavior. That's what prohibition does. Mm. And Mm -hmm. with drugs, we're coming the other way of now going put all these arbitrary restraints on it. And what's that going to do again, amplify more deaths. So it's the way I'm going to try and really explore the thing. of again, it's about individual responsibility. It's about informed consent, conscious consumption, conscious driving, as it were, conscious traveling and engagement with this death machine, which is what it potentially can be in the same way that drugs can be, what is it, the passport to the angels, as uh, some of the prohibitionists used to say. It can be all these things, but through education, informed choice, regulated supply, nobody wants to really die off this, whether it be driving a car fast or taking heroin. Do you know what I mean? If you give them the safest tools, they won't.
0: Or just buy some cocaine laced with fentanyl and uh, boom, you're fucking dead. It's just like a casual, casual evening of recreational. I don't don't fucking like cocaine, by the way. Like, I, I don't like the stuff. Like, I, I don't think it's a nice drug at all. But if people want to use it in their own home and not harm anyone, like, I do not want to stop you from doing that. But I would like you to just have a fucking clean supply of it, not have to worry about being laced with something that can very easily kill you. And that's like a, that's a waste of a life. Like how many people have done cocaine just on a random evening? They aren't reprobates or criminals. Like, fuck me, you know, Mm -hmm. that could have happened to anyone in a, in a, you know, illicit black market.
1: Um, This is it. Yeah, uh, People are being poisoned. They are, are dying not from the choice they've made to consume that drug, but from the adulterant that is in that supply or from a lack of care that is created, from a lack of empathy because of a lack of understanding of why people are suffering and, and dependent on certain substances and exhibiting behaviors that, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, actually, I'm sorry. If you'd have suffered the way they have and lived their fucking life, you'd be doing exactly the same fucking thing it's that loss of, of humanity as we spoke of before. And I think Canada is an interesting one because it's it's paradox of its liberal politeness now with its legal weed and its kind of slow acceptance towards mushrooms and other psychedelic compounds. It's going to be an interesting proving ground for what the potential post-prohibition paradigm looks like. And obviously the trucker protest and all of this. And I'm going to have to say because otherwise my mate's going to be annoyed at me if I've not got the sentence Justin Trudolph into this podcast. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh. the uh, That's the anomaly, I suppose. But other than that, I think that, yeah, Canada is a real interesting model to observe at the minute. And I think because of its transparency and openness in the majority, obviously there are these extreme neoliberalist, frankly, psychopath corporate sycophant folks uh but we park them the majority is still wanting to share this information they want to create these communities they want these consumption spaces they want the access to the products they want to share the process they, they're not interested necessarily in patenting everything they want everyone else to raise their game and the way you do that is you share how do you do that i'll show you come with me do you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that's so i think that canada over america has potentially got that yeah, that opportunity to, to do it in a way that raises at least the, the Canadian population, if nothing else, even if they all don't want to yeah. share with the rest of us, at least to collect together. You might be the first nation to actually get it. I mean, obviously, you've got some stiff competition coming out of the Far East at the minute in Asia, but I think maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, you know, maybe
0: we can do with some good leadership that can like truly unite, not say you're uniting, but actually dividing. Leave the narcissism at the door, and people that like genuinely want to unite people and genuinely want to help people. Um, I don't, I don't know who that is, you know, based on mm. the the political parties that that I see. Um, it's, unfortunately. Th- it's difficult
1: because they're both, it's almost like they're both redrend diagrams drawn over humanity. Whereas I feel like the political party that would win is just the one that comes in and goes, right, how far left are you? Draw that line. If I'll right you, draw that line. That's our politics. We're for those people. We're going to work out the best policy for all of them, to house them, to feed them, for their ecology, for the environment, for the economy. Do you know what I mean? We're just resource-based economies. We're actually going to understand what we have, what we need, and what we need to do to provide that. And then from that, then we go. It, that, to me, is not too absurd but it's, it's against the ideology of a certain bunch of individuals, in this case, neoliberalists, capitalists. The, they want to be the billionaires. They want to be the trillionaires. They want the blood sport and the, the lifestyle of luxury and affluence that can only exist if there is abject poverty, child slave labor, if there is the ecological collapse, you know, there's fucking disaster capitalism. All of these mechanisms need to exist for them to chase that Bugatti. For them to be able to yeah. sniff sniff that gram of coke, you know, to pay for those fucking. And, free. Uh, yeah, to live in that different, they they playing a the game. They just but the consequences of that and the destruction of everyone else, and then people chasing that false idolship, that that celebrity, that fifteen minute of fame, as Warhol described it. You know, mm-hmm. this, this hollow, vapid emptiness. You know, as Jim Carrey says that he wishes everybody could have it for a moment to see how pointless it is. Yeah, I had a Melanie Sykes on recently, uh, last week's guest on the podcast, and we discussed the 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 fragility and the, the the fake nature of celebrity. It's it's hollow. It is fucking empty. Yet we're sold the illusion that we have to get that, and as part of that package, now all it is is like a DLC, a downloadable content of cannabis packages available. <gasps> I can download cannabis into my game of life. Put it in there, <gasps> weed and stuff, and. But it's, it's still only the algorithm they've created, the game they've created, the rules they've defined. We're still playing it. We're still only seeing the brands they want, the things that they, do you know what I mean? It's, as you said, we're not yeah. we're not here. And I worried that the youth, in a lot of ways, bless you. I know you're doing some good out there. I see you all. I see some of you all. But a lot of yours is still, I remember what I was like at that age. I was naive in the most insane of ways that I wasn't aware that I was naive until I wasn't. And then in other ways, I was insane and radical in ways that I couldn't believe until I kind of calmed down a bit. So, but it, by the time that average is out, I worry who owns the world and what it looks like, because we may not have an oil crisis, but we'll definitely have some other fucking crises if these fuckers are not recognizing the carbon sequestration potential of this, you know, the battery storage potential of this, the petroleum replacing potential of this, then we're going to be in some problems. <laughs> yeah, they might have yachts and whatever else, and have made their billions, but the billions will be in trouble around the world. And yeah, that, that may mean, be the case. I, of, uh, I don't,
0: I don't know, but um, you know, a lot of these users are very smart. They're like smarter um, in many things that, that, that we aren't as uh, as millennials. Um, yeah. You know, even more. Te- they're technically, technologically native you know we're we're just kind of like on the cusp with that like how we grew up but when we yeah you know, mm. I think you're probably similar age to me uh but I'm I'm 32 and like when I grew up I had like the Nokia 3210 playing snake on it and That's uh you important. know so we just compare that <laughs> to an iPhone <ivory>, right Fucking <laughs> brick, man you can't you can't break that shit. Um and the battery life days so you know well, now fuck, fuck days, up, I've, I've one
1: under that bed in the in, in my room and I could i'll turn it on now and it'll still probably have two or three fucking bars yeah just unbelievably quality technology and then you yeah, intrinsic obsolescence has worked as we're into there a little bit
0: Sorry so yeah saying. i i honestly i don't know too many youngsters that well enough to kind of like to get to get too much of a feel on that i wouldn't like I, I wouldn't know to comment on it but i do i have hope for the future and you know like I've, I've, honestly, I've been through, I'm sure a lot of us have, um, just like uh, the overwhelming feel of the, of the oppression and, uh, the, the events that have unfolded over the last couple of years. Um, but it, it just comes full circle and it just comes back to like yourself. Uh, and like, I can't stress enough, take all your clothes off and just go and jump in, in a body of water, um, you know, and, and then take some mushrooms, uh, it all just come uh, back to yourself and your, your choice to just like let that shit go and live uh, your life. I was
1: just going to interject and say that the RNL lifeguard in me that I didn't know was there uh, was saying, check the temperature of the body of water first because cold shock is real, folks. You jump into a cold body of water that you are not expecting, you can end up gasping and you lose your breath and can end up in a troublesome position. So, so always do check the temperature of the thing you're going to fucking jump into. Other than that, that yeah, wild, wild, I, wild I, squid I can't here. say
0: I do that, but I would definitely recommend people to do that. I, I would, re- I, would, I, would that. I
1: would recommend you do it, especially on a hot day, dude. If you jump from a hot, hot, uh, your hot body into a cold body of water, the reaction of breathlessness because you instant the instinct is to gasp. So Your body's <gasps> and you do take in water, and if you've panicked and driven yourself, even as strong swimmers can end up in 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 trouble with it. So it is just something to be yeah. mindful of.
0: And I'll just uh you know throw in a disclaimer that you know don't don't do or do anything that I've said in this podcast, uh, and I can't be held liable for <laughs> and, but you know, you can actually train in just like cold water, cold exposure. You know, I, I used to find when I jumped into water, like, yeah, I, I remember that feeling, it would just completely take my breath away. Um, and now I don't do the ice baths, but I do try and take. Quite regular cold showers. I'll I'll have a hot shower to begin with, I can wash myself, and then I just go it to cold. And if you can get past the moment of just being really unpleasant and wanting to leave, it takes about a minute, minute and a half, and that, it's a long time. You know that that time goes slowly. Uh, and then you just you get your breathing under control, and then you'll just be fucking dancing singing like primal um onto that cold water and it and it feels incredible and you know if you if you do that like at least semi regularly then you know you can jump into a body of water well like i I jump in and i that doesn't happen to me anymore and I actually jumped into Anderson Lake in Pemberton at this facility visit it's like a glacial fed uh lake uh and it was fricking cold uh there was a beautiful dock. And there was a ladder as well. So I was like, okay, it's a clean jump in, get out on the ladder. Um, so yeah, we, we went in for that and then jumped in a second time just for good measure. Uh, and it, yeah, it was extremely cold. I wouldn't have wanted to spend like much time in that water because I could already feel like the body's starting to slow down and stuff, but just as a quick kind of refresh, it was yeah. so therapeutic, cleans out the cobwebs in your mind, just, uh, it's like the opposite of like a cheap, quick dopamine hit, which we get fucking plastered with through our phones and like sugary yeah. processed foods and instant TV and internet, like all the time. It's like an anti one of that. Like, you know, you do something, you're like, Oh fuck, I don't want to, I want to do this. You're like, no, just do it. You jump in and you feel incredible. Um, so, so yeah, I'm a big advocate.
1: It's a, a neurohormonic response. So it's, it's going to be triggering something along like uh, neuroadrenaline and things like that because you're having such a like, rah, and it's you, that present, that stimulation. And yeah, I found it when I was uh, training for a while at the gym and leg day. And no matter what, I'd always come back and do a cold bath. And the longer I could submerge and the better I could do with it. When I got out, the once I kind of had shake a bit, but it was euphorically, my muscles were singing. It was like, oh, like it was just such a, and the rise back to warmth was just such a, almost quite addictive experience really in some ways. I can see why there is is such a a school of following for the Wim Hof method and and other kind of, uh, yeah, ways of sort of training and extending uh, the body's capabilities because again, it's that honing of a skill, that ability to, you know, understand and master yourself. That is the ultimate form of coming to consciousness of to be able to understand how much your body can lift how much you how far you can swim how long you can run you know to to actually understand yourself means that you can again make those informed decisions so if you then want to go well actually and go somewhere where well, there's a bear because i'm pretty fucking confident i can run that bear i'm not suggesting anybody fucking does it but you know what i mean it was a bad example you yeah but you know what i mean it was a really bad example my point is that to know your limits and if you know your limits then from that you can make those again and those informed decisions to take you back to then drugs Honduras driving or, or
0: swimming or wild camping or whatever it it's is it's so important because we don't we're living in this this circle of constant fear so like we're never trying to see what those limits are and you know it's okay to fail and uh, and to try and get better at things and not have to master something like instant gratification but it's Field, like we yeah. so rarely have to do things, okay, this, besides capitalism and like the shitty fucking jobs that many people are fucking forced to work for like low salaries um, is it, fucking horrible symptom of the, the capitalistic world that we're, we're living in. But like, you know, the rest of the life, like we, we just have everything. Like instantly, we don't have to really like work for anything. We don't have to hunt our own food and like create a fire and then like think about shelter and and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but you need you need balance. Um, you need to like struggle sometimes. You need to kind of do things that you don't want to do because you realise that they're they're good for you. Um, and so if you just constantly take the easy route, then you just you become soft in like mind, body, physical everything it's all it's all linked and so like cold water for me just seems like a really convenient easy way that you can just like get that little bit of discipline in your mind of doing something that you you don't necessarily going to be a bit uncomfortable perhaps but you know is a, is a good thing it's a really easy one just to do because it's like well fucking go and do it in the shower now
1: yeah, and it's again, it's a discipline you can build each day, and with it it comes the ability to then expose yourself to the, the elements. And again, a mastery of self builds confidence, builds awareness, builds respect as well. It's one of the things that you hear paradoxically that people that then don't sort of understand the idea of then training for any combat sport or for any kind of martial art or whatever is that you then learn, once you learn, you can hurt somebody Unless you're a cunt, and I keep saying that, but this is I mean it—I really mean it—in this context, you don't then want to hurt someone. You will try and avoid fights. You don't then go out and go, "All right, I want to show what I can do." No, you—you know—you can use it when you need to, but you don't seek to use it. And I think that is again to go back to the, the driving and the drugs, and, and the same should be true of dietary responsibility for our individual health and all of these other. Responsibilities and relationships and core primal connections to the basic elements of humanity that have been hijacked from us and sold back to us again, drip by drip. And they've, they've snuck in all of these all of this sugar and oils and all of these different additives and preservatives that are, that are differently addictive and modifiers. And then the changes through algorithmic ordered uh, ad- advertising and they're stimulating us for different things at different times through iconography and symbology and again, advertising, it's all just woof. So again, like we sitting in the cold water, it's, you are snapping yourself. People do it when you've drank too much. You've, you feel a bit weird. You haven't just slept. You're not waking up. You've taken too many drugs. You go, you've splashed water in your face. Cause what you're trying to do is shock yourself to yourself. You're almost trying to get rid of all of the other games and all of the tabs that are open in the, in your mind and go back to the, ah. so that if you can train that, experience or that space, it's like uh, strengthening, I guess, uh, a muscle, like uh, I guess the mind palace, I don't know why Dreamcatcher, that Stephen King fucking novel movie came into my head there, but creating a space that you can go to at any given moment, that you then almost don't need the cold water. And this is what the technique of then learning with the breathing alongside of it, and then you have to get to a point of, Mm -hmm. same with meditation of Buddhists that have, have practiced meditation for decades, they can like drop the heart rate in a moment they can control physical attributes of their body, the way it blood flows, you know, the muscle, the, the density without tension, and the, yeah, it's such a sense of regulation because they've, they've mastered themselves. And I'm not saying everyone goes spends 20 years to, to be able to do that, but it just shows these, yeah, these 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 techniques. Well, maybe
0: we should. Maybe that's the answer. 20 years, we all just train and meditate, and then we rise up with our superpowers. But then, if you ever
1: again, it's I think of the, the joke of sort of got every kid to meditate within a few generations, there'd be no anger because everyone would just be like, be like Canadians on like the best MDMA ever. <laughs> like <or> the, <laughs> the, 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 the cliched Canadian image on like the best, just everyone's just, ah, just a map, crazy, cool, everything's, everything's great, it's lovely, everything's fine, everything's the best thing ever. That, that's what I kind of want life to be. And I know that's ideal, like, but. The most of the conflicts that exist now are because of the traumas either we carry around historically, culturally, individually, uh, from the, the dogma, the, the burdens of the bullying and that we carry in um, social pressures and all the rest of it from ancestors and from culture, T- to do what? To be anything other than what we're supposed to be, which is our fucking selves. We need to get out of our own fucking way. And I think, yeah, meditation is a good way towards that. Mushrooms, a good way towards that. Just the simplest way, folks go spend some time around trees. It's gonna, that's the most pseudo spiritual thing you'll ever hear me say, or like scientific thing. Go spend some fucking time on trees. Trees will literally make you feel better. I'm not even... I mean, in just some way, nature will commune with you. Understand, like, the appreciation of phylotaxis, the different expressions of the leaf patterns. Understand the, the different taxonomy of trees and watch, like... Go watch a fallen tree become four trees in the woods. As, as uh, Francis said before, go find a corpse... Of an animal with a fucking mushroom growing through it, that's then got bite marks in it, and see that circle of life beautifully, painfully, wonderfully encapsulated in front of you. Go experience that nature, because that is far more of who we are than the car we drive, than the concrete cage we live in, than the clothes that we wear, than you know the the fact that we're talking of this technology that I'm producing this podcast. All of this is fun. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But this is not what we were designed for. I'm not saying this is designed for, evolved for. We it's going to take us a long time to evolve for smartphones and the rest of it. And by then, hopefully, we're on the next fucking thing anyway.
0: But oh, yeah. it'll be in the brain, bro. Be like, yeah, the Neuralink links stuff. Okay, they already that, uh, that, they that, have that. the World Economic Forum thing recently oh, that in, in Davos, and uh, was it this the chairman of Siemens? I think was saying 2030. It's so Like people won't have phones anymore. It'll just be the people that put
1: it in their head. That's scary because the Tesla thing was scary enough, right? So, all the people that went, Oh, crypto and Teslas, all sweet. And then Russia, that went, All right, we're going to turn off the Teslas and we're just going to take your crypto. It's like, Well, but, but this was the thing that was supposed to protect me. Like, so again, if that's in your head and then you just go, We're just going to turn you off, that is beyond terrifying to me of just because again, it's like it's with the phone now. You know the cameras and the microphone can be live at any point. They can hack you at any point and turn you on at any fucking point. Everybody knows this, but we just fucking accept it. What happens when that's in your head? Everything you That's look at, shit. everything yeah, you, you can't at. have any intimate moment. You can't speak. I mean, you then think of the vibration technology that the military have had for a while. They've been able to take impulses in the in the, the side of I can't remember you jugular, you, you, but you call this section, um, and that can then register speech patterns. So you can and mouth the word silently, and it creates a communication system. Imagine the way that integrated, so that you would not be able to whisper to somebody and quiet it out. You would not be able to write something because it would know what your hand is doing. You would not be able to think something because it would know what you th- It would be the, I can't think of anything more pervasive and terrifying, and I'm sorry if I've got a bit hyper, but the guy- uh, No, very scary. invasive People, sure, people are like, gonna do bah, bah. that. People will like, what's that? Um, oh, the entire history of you. The Black Mirror episode, the entire history of you. And they've all got those little switches and they've all got it in the head and the rewinding. Actually, you did the alert, and he put it on the telly. And that oh fuck, yeah. Yeah. Like Man. that that was bad enough of just our interpersonal relationships. That didn't even get a chance to explore what happens when the governments, worse, when the corporations, worse when the investment firms have all of that.
0: Yeah. Well, right now you can just you turn your phone off, you can put it in a drawer. You can go outside, and by the way, when you go outside in nature, like we've been talking, like don't be on your phone. Like dedicate some na- time to to nature and go off the beaten path. That's where yeah. all the cool shit is. Just Act- a little yeah. bit,
1: just a little bit. Get a bit of separation anxiety from your phone, because yeah, because the other side was you saying yeah, you can turn it off and put it in the drawer, but it's not like those Nokia's back in the day. You could take that battery out. <laughs> you could go put two different. That would never list. That was not yeah. doing shit. You know, you, you yeah. would hear... every electrical device in your house would go off when you were getting a text message. There was no way they could do the kind of mass surveillance they were doing now on that technology because everything would constantly dead Yeah. I think my phone's acting weird. Right. Like, it's just you tell the I, I'm, future, I, okay. I'm getting a message. Oh, that's gonna be the one. Yeah, I'm gonna migraine.
0: I must. Get, oh, I guess a tweet. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. imagine. Fuck. Imagine malware. Like they, you could upload fucking harmful shit. Oh my to, like, god. See, like yeah, Jesus Christ.
1: There was there was a an article. We're getting a bit off topic. We're gonna ra- wrap up soon. But I'm enjoying the flow of this. So I just, yeah, we'll a few more of these anecdotes. But, uh, there was a Vice article a while ago about chastity belts, male chastity belts, and a guy had basically got stuck in a male chastity belt that was connected to his smartphone, and he got hacked. And they were basically forcing him a ransom through Bitcoin to literally release his dick.
0: (laughs) Oh no! Come (laughs) on. So so again, those can you imagine those? Find yourself in that position, like, oh shit, that's a tough one, isn't it? You know, you've got no choice. (laughs) Yeah, that's like because again, like the manufacturers
1: didn't build a failsafe into it. The story got that big, like obviously, I think Vice contacted the people and they actually then created this. Ironically, they called it a backdoor system uh, to get into it. Um, but again, it just shows we we have it's the Jeff Goldblum thing of you know we've we've done the thing, we've built it and we've packaged it and we've sold it before we've thought of like, well, should we? Like, just like. Should we a minute? Like, what was wrong with the thing before this? Innovation is all well and good, but innovation for innovation's sake that just becomes innovation that it isn't innovative is would idiocy. Yeah. It's, it's, idiocy. Yeah. it's marketing, it's gimmicks. So, yeah, your iPhone, th- where are we on? 13 now? I think we're on 13. 13 sounds about right. Fuck knows. Like, really? Is it that much better? If Apple wasn't breaking your shit every two iterations of the iPhone, would there really be a fucking problem with this?
0: No, it's it's, cameras are getting pretty wild on there though. Like that's that that scares me. That's that's the side of it. I agree, but the camera
1: should be dumb. It should be a DSLR or something—a camera that is like it's not internet connected. It's not trying to. You think of yeah, look at how great this iPhone camera is. Yeah, so when you're when there's thousands of you walking through one area holding your phone up because you're touching your screen and you've got 17 cameras the other side constantly mapping and selling the data of your environment to everybody, to these third-party companies. One of the things that scared me most is a lovely tidbit for y'all to go to sleep on tonight. Um, BlackRock, we were talking about earlier. They are technically the world's largest data collection service on the planet because basically as part of that 20 trillion of owning majority stakes in these companies of all aspects, is they get access to data or they get to create products and services and proxies that allow them to siphon off that data. And from that data, guess what they get if we're able to create a project called, I'm going to call it Aladdin. I think it's called Aladdin. I'm going to double check it's called Aladdin, but it is a supercomputer that basically makes speculative uh, calculations on where to then invest. So they've now made a machine that, is learning through the data we're creating through the behavior it's manipulating isn't doing through their algorithmic control to then feed back into this thing. And it's going to become to the point where all human behavior is mapped by this one machine.
0: The AI is coming. It's coming for us. It's here.
1: It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is Aladdin. Go, go research Aladdin. Uh, yeah built by Blackrock solutions it's a risk management uh, the risk management division of the investment firm um, and it now handles 11 trillion in assets about seven percent of all trades in the world run through Aladdin and this is getting more every fucking year and they're coming for cannabis they're coming for fucking psilocybin they're coming for ketamine for DMT for LSD they're coming for drug culture and they will erase it because they don't want a drug culture they want drug consumers they want us apathetic they want the most minimal dosage and they want us to not have these revelatory experiences of euphoria of ecstasy of true bliss to want to strip off and go skinny dipping at midnight to want to go and chant round a fire to you know dance on coals to you know climb mountains to the things that these drugs drive us to do I don't mean in mania But I mean in passion and through love. That is our culture and our heritage and your birthright. You go and formulate your relationship. Don't wait for a man in a white coat to tell you, well, according to our clipboard and our survey, you're now eligible. No, you go fucking forge your relationship with these things sensibly, start slowly, test, ensure you know you supply, but it is your birthright. If it's their right to produce and commodify these things and sell them back to you, it is for you to consume them and to form your relationship because that is how we unify. That is how we collectivize to grow beyond our left-wing biases, to grow beyond our false dichotomies and divisions that they have set upon us, to recognize that right now I don't need to agree with you. I love you. I see you. I respect you. I honor you. I don't need to compete with you. that... That's it, folks. It's as simple as that. And that might sound too fucking socialist or whatever or the fucking label you want to ascribe to it. But that's my philosophy, and I don't have a terminology for it yet. But if you want to join it, subscribe below. No, nah, I don't know. Fucking figure it out. Figure it out. Go to the woods, as we are saying. Literally, go find yourself because that's the only way we'll find each other.
0: Bravo. Can't add anything more to that, my man. Mm. I agree 100%. Yeah, that was good, good flow. I like that. I like that. Um, but, but before we before we wrap this up, I just want to say thank you, by the way. And uh like just keep doing what you're doing. Like it's uh I love these these catch-ups and uh you know you're one of the voices in the UK. It's a uh, voice of reason, voice of insight. You know, you've been consistently there and uh that's that's fucking awesome. You know, we need we need more of this, and uh, you know, that's that's great.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm here for a while. I'm here for a while. I may come. May come visit yourself and uh, get around the world. Hopefully, at some point. but Fuck yeah, buddy. I, 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 uh, I, I believe there's a spot here for what. you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll come. Uh, come help you grow some four trees. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll ask the question I'm supposed to ask everybody at the end. I say I'm supposed to. I just typically do. Uh, what does the future hold for you, man?
0: Um, short term, building up the, these microscope workshops. the uh, First one's going to be on the 5th of July. Uh, we've got a German TV network coming to cover Tom, um, who's, who's German and making, making waves in the industry here. And so they're going to be like filming our microscope workshop. It's going to be with a few of our local retail cannabis stores. Um, so, you know, we're doing a lot of prep for that. In the launch of the online course uh, so that's that's kind of like in my immediate future uh, and for the next few years uh, i'm here just working on my projects um just trying to trying to be well trying to learn trying to improve my um you know my gardening skills my my diy skills um you know that's that's all i'm looking at right now man is is you know staying healthy happy and uh trying to stay in a place where i get to uh Enjoy life and, and work on projects that are meaningful to me and uh, and projects that I believe in and and, and bring value to the world. So uh, that's where my head's at. That's where I hope my head is at for the for the foreseeable future.
1: That's lush. That's lush. Yeah, I hope to uh, continue to enjoy living vicariously through your Instagram because fuck me, you live in a beautiful part of the world. Uh, for anybody, you get the chance. Put Canada on your list, seriously. If you're a drug tourist. If that's your only excuse to travel, but if you enjoyed nature as well. Yeah, just Canada. Beautiful country, honestly beautiful and so vast. And yeah, I would say the vast, 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 vast majority of the population and beautiful people. So go check it out. Um, yeah, much appreciated, brother. I will include links to you like Urbanistic, some of the things that we've referenced as well, um, including your wonderful uh, rap video. Uh, so, sorry, uh, uh, rap link as well. Um, so yeah, just... Thank you very much for joining me. Really appreciate it. And uh, go enjoy your Canadian day. And I'm going to enjoy my very early British morning.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Thank you, Simph. It, it was really great to catch up with you. Of
1: course, man. It's been a privilege. Uh, I'll let you jump out if you want, and I'll do the housekeeping and then wrap it up. Okay. All right, Peace. All right man.
0: Thanks, right. dude. Speak soon. All, right. All the best. Bye. Peace and
1: love, man. Bye. Well, there you go folks. That was Francis Hall. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. I'm a bit tired. Maybe I hope that doesn't show the fact that it is now 1 PM in the UK. Um, but yeah, I, I always enjoy catching up with Francis. Uh, it's great to have, you know, a Brit on the inside of the Canadian system as there's a, um, to, you know, you know, to have that insight, to have that firsthand knowledge uh, and experience and yeah, we, we, catch up as regular as we can and it's, it's great to to understand how it's evolving over there and to be able to report back to yourselves to kind of show you you know the the positives the negatives and to discuss you know all of the kind of different things that we have this evening uh i hope some of the topics haven't been too scary or too uh, intimidating um yeah I don't want to, to say the name again, but yeah, BlackRock and Vanguard are two of the most menacing investment vessels on the planet that are probably going to end up owning and operating every fucking thing if we don't pull our fingers out, so I don't know, I'm not calling for a revolution because I don't fucking know how we're going to revolt, I don't know what we're going to do, <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, let's conspire, let's get together, let's figure this shit out. So please do like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you've enjoyed this enough to want to support this little project of mine, please do uh, check us out on patreon.com, post simple life uh, everywhere on social media at life As you can see, I've got this new lovely studio space. I will be creating a lot more content. I will be upgrading some of the equipment, uh, changing the lighting and why for else, and just trying to generally create a, a better content creation space. I've got a lot of different series and ideas and concepts that I want to work on. Um, yeah get the website up and uh finished uh so that's all a lot easier to use and updated with the restart of last week in weed and a few other blog series so do check that out in the coming weeks and months uh having some wonderful conversations with some guests at the minute so i'm not gonna jinx it by giving you some names but if i pull it off be good actually i'm gonna be a teaser for you one of them is an author of one of those books and i don't think this is a quality enough image of you to be able to read that So that's probably no further of a clue. Anyway, folks, I'll be back next week with somebody. I don't have a piece of paper that tells me yet. A person, a human, I imagine, that speaks English. I would also imagine that's about as ambiguous as I can be. All
0: right, peace and love, folks.